It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And we welcome you into Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. On this February 9th, 2018, Coach Marone knows what that means. (laughs) Yeah, Coach Rick Marone is here. Welcome back. You found the studio again. I'm here, and, and they gave away my parking spot. What's going on here? Well, if you didn't come in at 15 minutes before showtime. <laughs> you know, I, I do have to mention, Coach, that um, there, there, there have been some complaints about the lack of a Tulsa jersey on the uh, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia set. Really? I, I received some complaints about that, yes. Are you going to make me? No, no, that's all right. Oh, oh, well, Are you going to make me? Right, right. Right off the top. Are we going there? There you go. <laughs> Toss away your Not a jersey. Right. Take Not. your shirt off and hang it up. <laughs> we right. will have one on set next week. Yeah. I guarantee you that. There you go. So we are <laughs> off to a flying start here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Rick Marone with you. The fastest three hours in radio. We call it also available on Network West Virginia, as well as Armstrong Cable Channel 25 in the Huntington area and all across the world on basketballnight.com. Also, 20 great radio stations throughout the state of West Virginia. But uh, before we get to our first scoreboard, which we'll do in just a moment, uh, Coach Marone, this is a very important week because it's about time for the girls' coaches to turn in some ballots. Started today. Actually, the ballots arrived to all the the girls' coaches at all the schools, all classes this morning. Uh, you have until Tuesday at noon. Those have to be submitted, and they give you the procedures to do that. You actually send them to two different places. They have co-directors uh, for those sectionals. But uh, it's an important week. And then scheduling, I was talking to a couple other coaches, and because of weather, some key games got moved back. And some of them are after. We've got a big game Tuesday night, which is actually after the deadline. So it's a big week. Uh, really, all the work you've done all year kind of comes to a head, and, and people have to evaluate the teams in your region. And, and, and I'll get back with you on this in a moment, too. But, Joe, what this creates is almost the equivalent of a dead week, so right. to speak, because you're playing games that don't go into your sectional seating. But. Keeping your team, you know, the continuity, the confidence build up, it's still a big week because, you know, tournament time is just around the corner. You want to be playing your best at this time of the year. And, and Coach Marone, going back to you, as you mentioned, though, we got that, the, that week, and some key games get moved there because of weather. That happens every year. Is there a way to maybe automate this a little bit better? I mean, we're in, a, we're in an age where everyone – is just a, a few clicks away now instead of being, uh, you know, sending it by carrier, so to speak. Yeah, I think uh, the technology's there, and I, you probably could turn it around a little quicker. I know the first date you could start a girls' sectional is actually next weekend. You can start that weekend prior to. Uh, we did not in ours. I know some of the ones in the past have started a play-in game on like a Saturday. But I'm with you. I think the Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, games should be considered. And uh, maybe you could do like an overnight via email or something of that nature. Uh, They're still tinkering with it. But right now, Tuesday deadline and really sectionals is almost a week after that. So you do have some other other games in there. And I do like that they give almost a week for – the matchup, so you know right, several right. days in advance who you're going to play. But at the same time, maybe you push that to Monday to start the sectional, and then you allow that Tuesday, those Tuesday and Wednesday games to be counted in and come out I, Thursday evening. Yeah, because when you look at almost a whole week of games, and 
there's always things that happen. You've two, three, possibly four games if you have one the previous uh, weekend because I'll be honest, a lot of the ballots are back in today. Uh, some of us <laughs> has learned the hard way over the years, and it's a long time ago I learned, and uh, you get it. You've already done your homework, and you get them back in. So I'd say there was a lot of them that's already been processed. So we will talk about that much more as we go on throughout the night here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. But uh, we also want to let you know that coming up at 9.15, we have a very special guest. We're actually going to venture away from basketball for a little bit, and we hope you'll uh, join us in that as uh, we will have Congressional Medal of Honor winner Woody Williams on the program. He's going to be interesting. He tossed the coin at Super Bowl 52. Hmm. The referee, uh, Gene Serator, did not know his name, (laughs) and that was very irritating because he messed it up. He gave him four different names. But uh, nonetheless, we know Herschel Woody Williams by name, and we certainly uh, look forward to talking with him at 915. Uh, He's got a story to tell that I think is something that everyone who listens to this program on a weekly basis or is just tuning in to us tonight, you know, as a West Virginian, should listen to because you can learn a lot that way that's just my opinion but I, I think it's something that is definitely worthwhile but what we do here we talk scores and right now it's time for our first check of the marshall university sports journalism basketball night.com scoreboard looking for scores look no more go to basketballnight.com joe will let you lead off with the boys scores all right then we've already got a lot of finals coming in but there is an upset alert going on in this game. St. Albans leads Parkersburg, the Big Reds, 42-34. That score at the end of the third quarter. It was Frankfurt falling to Allegheny, Maryland tonight, 57-42. Oakland picks up another win tonight as they go to 14-4 on the season with a 61-57 win over East Liverpool of Ohio. Sissonville, the Indians defeated the Polka Dots tonight, 74-44. Bridgeport falling tonight to the University Hawks, 61-59. It was Braxton County, another big win game for them, or a big game for them tonight, over Doddridge County, 82-49. It was the George Washington Patriots defeating Crosstown Capital, 69-62. Logan fell to Chapmanville in the Battle of Logan County, 52-45. That game played at uh, Tiger uh, Gymnasium tonight in Chapmanville. A score from the half, the Scott Skyhawks lead the Charleston Catholic Irish, 33-25. And a final, Fairmont Senior over East Fairmont, 50-43. Phillip Barber defeats the Grafton Bearcats, 78-69. At the half, Bluefield leads Greenbrier East, 43-30. Hedgesville leads Spring Mills, 29-28, that game at the end of the third quarter. Also at the end of three, it is the Huntington Highlanders leading Spring Valley, 56-53. Jefferson uh, is trailing Washington tonight, 47-37. That game is late in the fourth quarter. At the end of three, it is the Kaiser Golden Tornadoes over Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 36-30. And a score from the half, it is Oak Hill leading Liberty Raleigh 55-31. Also at the half, Musselman leads Martinsburg 22-19. And a final, it is Midland Trail defeating Richwood tonight 73-55. Mingo Central defeats Wayne tonight 67-47. 
It was Morgantown defeating Wheeling Park tonight, 55-38. Notre Dame defeats Trinity. The Warriors fall, 51-49. And a game, this one is also a final. Ravenswood in a tight one over Parkersburg Catholic, 63-61. Big win for Parkersburg South as they defeat Ripley, 90-44. James Monroe falls to Princeton tonight, 76-44. And at the half, Shady Spring leads Wyoming East, 34-24. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, defeat Hurricane tonight, 73-64. That's a look at the boys' scores. And now let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight. A few scores in, quite a few more will be rolling in as the evening progresses. First up, the Moorfield Yellow Jackets get a 41-36 win over East Hardy. Nicholas County leads. It's at the end of three. They're at Summers County. A big matchup there across classes. Nicholas County 49-38, the lead in that one. A huge game in New Richmond tonight. St. Joe, number one in Class A, knocks off Wyoming East on their home court. 55-53, they sweep the series from the Warriors there. That does not happen very often. Uh, St. Joe gets it done tonight in Kaiser. Coach Josh Blow's crew gets a big 67-50 win over the Hampshire Trojans. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. We will break down some of those scores. There are some really interesting scores in there tonight, and we'll do that much more as we go on throughout the night. Right now, though, we want to go to the phones to Brian Sexton, the public address voice of the uh, of Calvary Baptist Academy, as we're about set to talk about the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament. And that is uh, a tournament that, again, these are schools that are not involved with the SSAC, uh, but you do see them pop up on our scoreboard from time to time with SSAC opponents. Uh, these are private schools, though, and uh, they have their own tournament. It's a, it's a really nice event that they put on, and uh, Brian Sexton joins us now on the program. And, and Brian, we've, we've got the bracket on basketballnight.com, but we'll go through it with you as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a tournament, though, that gives those schools an opportunity to shine on a stage of their own. Ryan, good evening. It's it's great to be back home with you guys this week. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And we do have one SSAC school that's going to be participating, and that is the number one seed in the tournament, uh, Greater Beckley. Uh, they are an SSA school, SSAC school, but they do play many of the common opponents that we play in the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament. And so uh, they're going to be a part of the tournament. They're going to be the one seed, and, and they're going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Uh, Ryan, they they've got a very talented ball club, and and uh, they always do a great job down there. But it's going to be fun up in Summersville next week. Uh, a lot of great schools going to be in attendance. Uh, of course, we are the three seed in the tournament. Crosslands Christian, the number two seed, uh, and we open up with Wood County Christian, who's the number six seed on Thursday night. So that's going to be a a tough opener for us uh, going into that tournament. It's a, it's a tournament. Also, that um, as I mentioned, kind of gives a stage to these kids to play, and, and something we do with this program is we celebrate high school basketball as a whole. And for them, this is the equivalent of the state tournament. Well, that's exactly right. And, and you have a, a play-in game. Uh, you've got Taze Valley Christian and, and Jamie Darren Christian Academy out of Gilbert that are going to be a, a play-in game on, on Thursday afternoon. 
and then you've got Victory Baptist out of Beckley, and you have Elk Valley Christian School out of Elkview that will also play their way into the tournament. So, again, it's a lot like uh, March Madness, if you will, Ryan. You know, you've got the you know the NCAA has, has expanded that field to 68, and, of course, you get play-in games to get into the tournament, and, and we have play-in games as well to get into the to the WVCAT part of the tournament uh, on, on Thursday night. And it is a tournament that guarantees everyone at least two games as well. And yes. uh, it, it's just it's a it's a fun event. And as you, as you said, it's in Summersville, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's an event that runs starting Thursday at ten thirty a.m. And then the championship game is Saturday at five p.m. So you can see fifteen games over the course of three days. That's that's pretty good for uh, yeah, anyone who loves the sport. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're going to see some some talented players that not a lot of people know from around the state. Uh, of course, uh, we have a young man, Isaac Massey, who's averaging about 19 points a game as a junior point guard. Uh, he's our leading scorer. Uh, you're going to get to see him in action. Grace Christian School was led by senior Adam Childers, uh, a really talented player uh, that not a lot of people know about. Ambassador Christian Academy out of Williamson has a player named Rakim Gray that's a talented player that a lot of people haven't heard of. Uh, of course, Wood County Christian is led by Luke Spencer, uh, the team that we play Thursday night. Cross Lanes Christian led by a young man named Dane Hicks, a uh, big 6'5 athletic uh, player that, that a lot of people don't know about. Taze Valley's got some talented kids on their roster as well. And so, you know, there's going to be some kids that, that don't get the same kind of recognition uh, that other SSA school, SSAC schools get and some of the kids that you know around the state. But there's a lot of talent in this tournament, and it's going to be on showcase. And the Somersville Convention Center, Ryan, is a really nice venue. They, they do a great job of hosting it, um, and it has that state tournament feel, as you mentioned. So we're looking forward to going up and, and hopefully defending uh, our conference title that, that, we, uh, that we won last year. Should be a lot of fun. The West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament getting underway Thursday in Somersville. Brian Sexton, the public address voice and broadcaster for Calvary Baptist. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to talking again next week. Yeah, that sounds good, Ryan. I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you next Friday night from Somersville. Have a great week. Thank you so much. And um, before we go to break here, uh, Coach uh, Marone, that's an event that I also want to mention that the girls' bracket has uh, Taze Valley as the top seed in that. Also, you've got Victory. We'll take on Wood County in a play-in game. Um, you've got Ambassador. We'll take on Calvary. Uh, Grace Christian takes on Elk Valley. And uh, Cross Lanes plays Greater Beckley in the first round of the girls' version of the Christian Athletic Tournament. And that, again, all, all, all that is on basketballnight.com. But, uh, Coach, it's a it's – a, statewide stage for those uh, young men and women to have an opportunity to to shy a little bit well i tell you what ryan it is literally statewide i mean there there are teams from all the corners of the state and i tell you what the summersville uh, convention center we've played there uh, a couple years ago it's a great venue located in a great location a lot to do for the kids and their families and it is a state tournament feel there the setup there at the convention center is very nice and I think it's a great event, and as you mentioned, people that may not be on everybody's radar get a chance to shine, and the timing of it I think is just right because you mentioned not necessarily dead week, but you know when you're talking about tournament and you talked about 
pack up and go a day or two up there. And boy, Joe, you could get a whole uh, plate full of ball games there and see some great talent. Taze Valley Christian's girls team is very, very talented as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, the venue's great. You know, central, centrally located in the middle of the right. state, so it's uh, pretty good travel for everybody. So we're going to step aside and take our first break. When we come back, we will be joined by World War II. Medal of Honor winner Woody Williams. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up to work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism and Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately and artfully, tell stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. Then, of course, we'll share the voting results with you. Last week's question, should dunking be allowed during all of pregame? 66% of you said yes, 34% no. This week's question, should there be a curfew on start times for games on school nights? Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. And also tonight, we will have a new Standout Athlete of the Week. And the new Standout Athlete joins Jaden Lindsay, Jacob Clark, Cole Honaker, Sidney Nestor, Isaiah Morgan, Deja Busby, Drew Williamson, and Ashton Maxwell. Go to basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week, fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your athletes. Shout out to new Twitter followers tonight, including Kendra Plant and Franny Lopez. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Welcome back to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Here along the Fast Break Sports Network, Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, all with us here tonight. And guys, something that we get an opportunity to do with this show is to reach a statewide audience. And I think a part of that involves sharing some of the the, the history of the state. I, I think we would be remiss to not do that. Um, you know, let's be honest. We're in a generation, that we're, we're a few generations away now from, uh, from World War II, uh, which so many West Virginians fought in. I think every, just about everyone out there had someone in their family who fought in World War II. And uh, so to me, it is just an absolute 
honor and a pleasure to bring on our next guest. He is a Congressional Medal of Honor recipient from World War II from the Battle of Iwo Jima. He is a West Virginia native, and he tossed the coin at Super Bowl 52 last week in Minneapolis. Woody Williams joins us now on the program. And uh, Mr. Williams, first off, just like I said, just a pleasure to have you on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, thank you for the opportunity to do that. Uh, it is a little bit of a surprise to me. Maybe somebody just failed to notify me, or maybe I didn't read my email. I don't know. Woody, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, I-, I have to say, too, that something that is really neat to me, and I want to tie this in with basketball first, and then we'll spread out here from this, but um, you are a native of Fairmont, and the Fairmont Senior High School plays in the Woody Williams Armory. Uh, what is that like for you to know that you know there's an arena named after you? Well, uh, I am exceedingly proud that my hometown would do that. Absolutely, uh, I was born and raised. I- out in the country between Fairmont and Grafton, really, about seven miles out of Fairmont. Um, We grew up on a dairy farm. My family had a dairy farm all the time I was growing up. And to have the um, training center there in Fairmont with my name on it and being the only Marine that has such an honor in all the National Guard service, that's that's pretty unusual. It's a it's a first, an, another first. So I'm very proud of that, absolutely. Woody, this is Joe Linville. I want to get right into your experience of flipping the coin at the Super Bowl. I mean, that what an honor that would be alone. And you had some you know fellow veterans standing behind you, but you were the one that was chosen to actually flip the coin. What was that experience like for you? Very, very exciting and certainly uh, one of the honors of a lifetime that most people never get a second chance of ever doing that. And to have the 14 Marine, I mean the 14 Medal of Honor recipients who were there with me to select me, they did the selection. I didn't. And uh, the uh, association didn't. Well, the league didn't. So my fellow Medal of Honor recipients decided that because I was the oldest there and I was the uh, only Marine there, that uh, I would have that honor, and that makes me very proud that they would select me to do that and represent them at the same time. Are you a football fan? Well, I I wouldn't classify myself as a fan. I, I like to watch some football, but I'm not locked into any team or any one team. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it because of the action and not because of a particular team. You, you did more work than just toss the coin, though, while you were in Minneapolis. You also spoke uh, with community leaders in Minnesota about uh, establishing a Gold Star Families Memorial Monument in that state, and from what I understand, they were very receptive of that. They were very receptive, and we're so thankful that they would that they would agree to do that. We're in 38 states, 
So we only have, you know, a few more to go so that we will have the, one of those memorials honoring those families who sacrificed more than any of us. And uh, we have 31 that's already completed and dedicated throughout the country. So it is such a heartwarming experience to know that those people are going to have something that they can go to and meditate upon and know that their loved one will not be forgotten. And that is one of the things that's expressed to me off, very often, is I, I lost my loved one, and I don't want them to ever be forgotten. Well, that's certainly um, something that's important to, I think, everyone. Because as I mentioned in the lead-up, I think everyone had a family member who has, who has served uh, in some form or fashion. Um, and in many, many cases, if you go back, World War II touched so many families in this country, virtually every family in this country. Um, you also launched uh, pre-sales for a book. I don't know how you had time to do that, too. You were one of the busiest men. Oh. <laughs> Well, I've got I've got a lot of help. I got three or four grandsons that uh, helped me out a great deal, and uh, they're all pretty smart boys. So uh, I, I rely on them a lot to, to take care of some of these details that I do not have time for. And so, I'm, yes, I'm very proud that that we have an author who is a fellow that's written several books, and he by chance is a Marine. He served in the Marine Corps, and. Uh, he wanted to do a book of my life, and he's done a terrific job. It'll be several months yet before the book is out, but it's in the process, and it's it's going to be the story of my life, something that I never dreamed would ever happen in my lifetime. The, the book is called Flamethrower, and I, I know that that is, uh, you know, the, the circumstances around you getting the Medal of Honor for what you did in Iwo Jima, um, certainly an experience that is only yours, yours alone. And that's, that's very difficult to uh, sometimes to, to, to kind of have that burden with you. Yes, yes it is. And uh, ever since I have received the, the Medal of Honor, once I really knew what it was all about, because I had never even heard of it at the time it was presented to me by President Truman. But afterwards, when I learned what it was about and how it came about, and that my fellow Marines would think me worthy to wear the Medal of Honor on their behalf, it was a very humbling experience. And I have said over and over that I wear it not in my honor, but in honor of those Marines who did not get to come home, and especially two who sacrificed their life that day protecting me. So I wear it in their honor. I, I say it's theirs. I'm just, I'm just a caretaker of it. And, Mr. Williams, uh, I want to thank you on behalf of the show for your service. And also, uh, how do you feel like your uh, your upbringing and growing up in West Virginia? You talked about a dairy farm as you grew up. You've been all over the world uh, to the Super Bowl, uh, but your roots are here in the Mountain State. And uh, how do you feel that uh, that, that uh, kind of that history of, of how you were brought up uh, has uh, fared you well throughout your life? I think I think it did. Uh, we had a large family, 
that were 11 born to our family. Unfortunately, only five of us survived to adulthood. But my family was very uh, industrious uh, and very strict in in what we what we did. Once uh, we were trained to do something, we were expected to do it and do it thoroughly. They didn't particularly want to tell us two times to do something. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my my family had a tremendous influence on my life, but. One of the other people that had a tremendous influence on my life was my school teacher. I had the same school teacher from grade one to grade eight. And Miss Naomi Morgan was a person who loved America. She loved her country. And she expected everybody else to love it, too, and to respect our flag and say the Pledge of Allegiance with feeling. And uh, she taught me all that. Do you still do much public speaking? I know the first time I met you, Mr. Williams, was uh, at a sports banquet, actually, down in Madison. That was several years ago. Uh, you came down and, and spoke to some of the student athletes. Do you get an opportunity to do that much these days? Oh, all the time. In fact, I just spoke to a, a uh, Christian school <laughs> yesterday afternoon uh, this year in Culloden, West Virginia goes way back into the 30s. It's one of the, in fact, I think it is the oldest Christian school that we have in the state. And I spoke to their, their students yesterday. And I do that a lot. I, when I was in uh, Minneapolis, I went to an elementary school while I was there on Monday before I left to come home and spoke to an elementary school group. So I do that a lot, and I enjoy doing that because I, I hope that I can say something that will influence them to love their country, to respect their flag, and to look to the future that will be brighter than they even believe it could be. Speaking with World War II Medal of Honor recipient Woody Williams, again, he tossed the coin to Super Bowl 52, but I mean, that is just one experience that you have had. And I know that um, you stay busy, obviously, traveling the country. You've had a ship named after you. Uh, you were there in San Diego for that um, not too long yeah. ago. Also, you know, the trip to Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. At 94 years old, you still travel this country <laughs> pretty, much. pretty well as much as anyone. <laughs> well, I, I enjoy meeting people and uh, greeting people and associating with people. There's a lot of good people in this world. Uh, we don't get much information about them, but they're out there, and uh, I get to meet a great number of them in my travels, and that's heartwarming. It really is. Woody Williams, a West Virginia native and an American hero, Congressional Medal of Honor recipient. Thanks so much for taking time out to join us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And once again, on behalf of everyone at the show, two words that mean a whole lot. They sound small, but I know you understand them. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. All right. That's Woody Williams. And again, his book, Flamethrower, pre-sales available now, uh, woodywilliams.com. I don't think he runs the website, but uh, nonetheless, uh, still, uh, he has a lot to do with it. And, and I want to mention this before we go to break, too, is that so often we 
and, and this I, I apologize this takes a turn here but so often we wait until people pass away before we honor them and Woody Williams deserves every honor that he gets and he's getting to see that and yeah. that means a lot and I think we, we should do more of that as a society in terms of honoring true heroes yeah and i tell you one thing he said which it was all amazing and i i don't get speechless very often but when he said he represents all those that didn't survive and he's just the caretaker man the humility and just the fact that like you said ryan it not only honors him but all those that have have sacrificed for our country and and he's still so sharp at 94 and and a heck of a a community speaker i've heard him speak a couple times and just does a fantastic job about you know love of country and you know standing up for country and what's right and he just just a phenomenal man and and i i I didn't want to jump into what exactly he did that earned him that medal of honor with him because i didn't get a chance to talk with him before the show it will be in the book i'm certain but I also know that it could probably be very difficult to talk about. He he took a flamethrower and cleared out machine gun nest in in Iwo Jima, which is not necessarily the uh, most pleasant of things to do. And uh, it, it was still just just I, I, I encourage you all to Google Woody Williams and read about the heroic actions at Iwo Jima, and you'll find out why he's a Medal of Honor recipient and why he tossed the coin at the Super Bowl <laughs> and why he has a ship named after him and why the uh, the, uh, the armory in Fairmont is named after him and why a baseball field that has already been torn down was named after him. <laughs> I he played on it. Ball. He <laughs> yeah. outlived the ball field. He absolutely <laughs> did, and I think that is absolutely fantastic. So we definitely thank Woody Williams and everyone involved for uh, taking the time out to join us here tonight. You know, Basketball Friday night in West Virginia is made possible in part by financial support from the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum, the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications, and WMUL-FM. We step aside for our second break. When we come back, we'll talk with Chris Kidd, WVOW in Chapmanville, the Battle of Logan County tonight there in terms of Logan and Chapmanville. Don't leave man out there, but we'll talk with uh, Chris Kidd and have another scoreboard update when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios of Marshall University, this is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. 
Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Once again, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text the show with scores at 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. And, of course, there's many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're on great radio stations. Go to our website and click on Affiliates page, and you can find a station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video statewide on Network West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. And Bill Cornwell. <laughs> you never we, know who's going to stop you by. Gonna stop it's by a cast yeah. of thousands, you know. It's <laughs> almost like a Cecil B. DeMille film, you know. And, you know, we just keep running them out here just nonstop, right? <laughs> Ryan Epling on our side. Uh, Rick Marone and Joe Linville, along with Bill Cornwell, also tonight with you here in the studio on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And before we do a scoreboard, before we go to Chris Kidd, and I know Chris will not mind at all waiting through this, but um, we've had a lot of uh, you know amazing opportunities present themselves through this program. I thought it was very neat a few years ago when we talked to the all-time leading scorer in West Virginia high school basketball history, Josh DeWater, DeWater. from Paul Paul. Um, then last year, we spoke with uh, Chuck Heater. Danny. Not Chuck Heater. Danny Heater. Danny Chuck Heater. Heater was the former defensive coordinator. <laughs> Danny Heater, I'm sorry. Danny Heater, who scored 135 points in a game for Burnsville High School in Braxton County. That is still a national single-game record. And then tonight... Herschel Woody Williams, World War II wow. Medal of Honor recipient, and just uh, I mean, uh, I'm kind of I'm throwing, kind of speechless. throwing the governor a couple times. Oh, we've had, it's the governor's a, called it. Yeah, a few it's been. I mean, I, I got a Woody Williams story. I mean, uh, I think everybody's got a Woody Williams story that's been around him, and we, we kind of talked off the air. The guy, the guy is still active at age 94 on social media. So, I mean, look him up on Twitter, look him up on Facebook. You know, <laughs> believe me, he probably. Yeah, encounter if you want to add he was a friend because he uh he's something special but um you know that group of uh medal of honor winners is such a i, I would call it a club but in a good way it's a club right. and uh, i got to spend time with woody at the military bowl in 2013 when marshall played maryland and they had woody and other uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winners up there, and, and it's such a club that these guys are always on. Uh, I was in an uh, elevator with them, and uh, they're like on first name basis. Of them. How you doing, Joe? How you doing, Woody? You know, it's, it was just like because it's such a close knit club, and there are so few guys that have that Medal of Honor. But it was special, and Woody and take, Woody loves football the way you, you can see how excited he was to throw the uh, toss the coin at the Super Bowl. And he loves uh, when he's asked to be involved with football. He's a big football fan. He he enjoyed his experience in the military bowl. And we certainly enjoyed the opportunity to speak with him tonight. And, uh, again, that 
that was an honor that uh, yeah. I'll never forget right there. Um, we will go to Chris Kidd in a moment. We'll also talk with Mike Stone, who was a player on the 78, uh, 77 and 78 uh, Logan Boys Basketball Championship. Yep, state champions. Yeah, so uh, we'll have him in just a moment as well. But now it is time for another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I'll take a I'll take the top half of the boys' scores. We'll let Coach Marone take the bottom half of the boys' scores, and then we'll turn Joe loose on the girls' scores. We gave him all the boys' scores last time. We gave him a little break this time. Yeah, the oxygen tank's been pushed away, so I think he can handle the I'm girls. Good. Final score tonight, it was St. Albans pulling the upset over Parkersburg, 58-57. Reggie Jackson hits a three-pointer with 1.6 seconds left to give the Red Dragons the victory. Does that make it Mr. February, by the way? <laughs> it does, right? And not sure if that was his third three of the game. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Cameron tonight defeats Magnolia, 69-49. The Dragons now 15-3. Allegheny, Maryland defeats Frankfurt, 57-42. It was Oak Glen going to 14-4 as the Golden Bears defeat East Liverpool, Ohio, 61-57. Sissonville picks up a Cardinal Conference victory tonight at Polka. 74-44, the Indians win at the Dot Dome. A very tight ball game tonight in Morgantown, but the University escapes with a 61-59 home victory over Bridgeport. Double-A team stacking up well with one of Triple-A's best. Also tonight, Braxton County goes to 15-3 with an 82-49 win over Doddridge County. The Cannon Upshur defeats Preston tonight, 62-61. Braden Cutliff, 18 points for the Bucks in a one-point victory. George Washington defeats Capital. The Patriots are a very quiet 13-2 as George Washington gets the win tonight, 69-62 on the hill at home. It was Chapmanville defeating Logan in a game we'll talk much more about in just a moment. 52-45, the Tigers get the home win. They're now 16-1. and The Scott Skyhawks pick up a big win at home tonight over Charleston Catholic. Scott goes to 6-14 with a 67-64 win over the Irish. And tonight in Fairmont, undefeated Fairmont senior escapes with a win at East Fairmont. 50-43, the Polar Bears now 17-0. Other boys scores tonight. Philip Barber gets a 78-69 win over the Grafton Bearcats. Philip Barber goes to 13-2, a quiet 13-2 as well for, for the Colts. Mount View falls tonight. Greater Beckley Christian 47, Mount View 44. Bluefield, a hard-fought three-point win over Greenbrier East and the Spartans. Spartans are just 2-14, but a very good ball club. The Beavers go to 12-3. Hedgesville, 29. Spring Mills, 28. That game's at the end of the third quarter. We'll get you an update on that very soon. And a barn burner. Bill got to enjoy this one. Huntington High hangs on to get a win over Spring Valley. And 73-69 is your final in that one. Spring Valley, a valiant effort, comes up just a bit short against Huntington High. Jefferson tonight falls to Washington. The Patriots get a 56-52 win in that one. Mountain Ridge falls to the Kaiser Golden Tornado. The Golden Tornado go to 9-9 with a 54-51 win over Mountain Ridge. Oak Hill, 84-58 winners over Liberty Raleigh. Oak Hill, 14-1, really making some noise in Class AA. The Martinsburg Bulldogs, 
Really a big battle. This one is always one that goes to the wire. They defeat Musselman 55-50. The Appleman... 14-5 and five after that game. Martinsburg goes to 16-4. and four. The Eastern Panhandle, several very good quality ball clubs. Midland Trail, 73-55 winners over Richwood. Richwood remains winless in that one. The Wayne Pioneers are at home tonight, but they fall to Mingo Central. The Miners, 67-47 winners over the Pioneers. Morgantown, 55. Wheeling Park, 38. Notre Dame, 51-49 winners over the Trinity Warriors. Notre Dame goes to 13-5. 61-53, the final. Parkersburg Catholic, uh, 61-63. I said that one backwards. Ravenswood actually knocks off Parkersburg Catholic. The Red Devils are 18-1. They finish on a 12, or they finish 12-0 in the LKC. And again, 18-1 on the season. Parkersburg South, 90-44 over Ripley. The Princeton Tigers, 76. James Monroe, 44. Cade Fix finishes with 23 points in that one. Webster County, 73-60 winners over Roan County. Wyoming East, the Warriors fall tonight. Shady Spring goes to 12-6. They win 73-57 over the Warriors. And our final score that's final tonight, the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles go to 12-5. 73-64 winners over Hurricane. And, Joe, you got to look at the girls' scores. It was the Moorfield Yellow Jackets over East Hardy tonight, 41-36 in a tight one. Nicholas County took it to overtime to defeat Summers County, 73-68. It was Wyoming East falling to St. Joe 55-53 in what must have been a heck of a battle at uh, Wyoming East. And our final score on the scoreboard update right now, Kaiser, the Golden Tornadoes defeated Hampshire 67-50. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. It was a big time win tonight for Chapmanville over Logan in a Cardinal Conference battle that also serves as a Class AA Region 4 Section 2 uh, affair and uh, Chapmanville getting the 52-45 home win over the Wildcats. Chris Kidd, WVOW in Chapmanville or actually in Logan but calling the uh, game for Chapmanville tonight uh, joins us here on the program and Chris always a big win for Chapmanville in that rivalry and what a week it's been for the Tigers. They had an 18-point win over Huntington earlier this week and then backed that up tonight with a 7-point win in a rivalry game. Yeah, and uh, before I talk about that, I just wanted to say how, how great it was that you have Woody Williams on. I mean, that was so uh, so much fun to listen to, you know, as a history teacher. Uh, you know, and we're getting ready to go over World War II. I mean, just so many great uh, legendary stories and with that generation unfortunately disappearing right now i mean it was wonderful to hear from him my, both my grandfathers fought in world war ii one drove a tank in italy another one was on cleanup crew after uh, hiroshima happened and uh, you know unfortunately i didn't get much of a chance to to talk with them about some of their experiences but it was great to hear from him and i, I loved hearing his respect for teachers as well uh, i know so many teachers around the state right now love to hear that and obviously it's in a political show so i'm not going to get into any of that but uh, you know it was uh, it was great to hear from him and uh, i, I love that you got him on for the show but uh, as far as the basketball game tonight went uh you know kevinville it, it was a tough game it was the lowest point total they've had all year uh logan played tremendous defense came out in the 3-2 zone uh really stopped chattenville from getting the ball inside and penetrating the way they wanted to and uh it was right there between 
four and seven points throughout the night. Just Logan could never mount much of a run in order to get over the top of Chapmanville. And uh, they were able to use uh, 11 points from Kyle Browning in order to, to help the offense. And Chapmanville had some balanced scoring. Logan just didn't get a whole lot from anyone outside of uh, David Early. And Dino No had 10, Terrence Chapman had 11. But after that, really not a whole lot of the role players could get anything done tonight for Logan. And that was really what helped propel Chapmanville to win this evening. Also, Chapmanville picked up a big win in a makeup game last night over Scott, uh, 80 to 38. But uh, quickly, going back to tonight's game, I think the key for Chapmanville was was shutting down early and uh, you know keeping him away from the basket. And I think there was a, it got down to a three point margin, but uh, pretty much controlled by Chapmanville. The, the I think they led the entire game, right, Chris? Uh, Logan had a two to nothing lead at the beginning, but that was it as far as it goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, early uh, he had difficulty with Dylan Smith again tonight. I mean, early finished with twenty one points, so it wasn't as if he, he didn't have anything. But it just kind of came in spurts for him uh, tonight. He had a big second quarter and then scored seven in the fourth quarter. But I mean, Dylan Smith might as well have been wearing David Early's jersey. He was so far inside of it tonight. I mean, it was hard for him to get free, create any space, and that was the key for Chapmanville. They wanted to get the ball out of his hands force other people to handle it that way they could try and turn logan over and that was where logan's had their difficulties this year in some games as turnovers Uh, on tuesday night against beckley they were obviously without early in that game but turned the ball over 26 times in that contest and led to a lot of easy buckets logan was able to get the ball back several times whenever the ball would get stripped so they were all over the place and did a good job of saving possessions but the fact that chattenville has that kind of defender that can go one-on-one with david early and keep him out of the paint and contest a lot of these jumpers for him uh it does create a matchup problem for logan whenever they play chattenville but the fact that now logan has pete and beachy on the inside along with dino no two big six footers to go up against obina really did help them tonight on the boards and they were able to do a good job of getting second third and fourth chances against the tigers Tomorrow, Chapmanville will play its third game in three days. That's very much a state tournament-like schedule in terms of uh, the turnaround as they will play host to Wayne. And uh, Chris, uh, again, great win tonight for Chapmanville, capping off what has been uh, to this point, because they still have a game tomorrow, but to this point, a spectacular week. And uh, certainly look forward to talking with you again later on. Oh, definitely. You going to be there tomorrow night? Um, no, I'll be at the Marshall game tomorrow night. Um, but thanks so much, though. Uh, I, just, I was just checking. I know, I got you, I got you. I avoid Chris Kidd as much as possible. No, play no. Chris Kidd at VOW in Chapmanville. Once again, we thank him so much for joining us. We're going to step aside for our third break. When we come back, we'll have Mike Stone, who was a player on the 78th excuse me, the 77 and 78 Logan Championship teams. They went back-to-back. And uh, we'll also talk with Bill Nesser, WPDX Radio. We haven't had Bill on in a while. Our good buddy from WPDX to talk about Robert C. Bird. Also talk to Van High School girls coach Terry Weaver a little bit later on in the program as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. And this week's question. 
Should there be a curfew on start times for games on school nights? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. This is Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. Many, many places you can listen and watch Basketball Friday night. If you're watching right now, of course, we've got all kinds of great photographs that you sent in. And we want you to send your pictures to us so we can feature them in our high-definition video stream. Many ways you can get them to us. You can send them to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. If you want to send them to us by Facebook or Instagram, go to the RSN Sports Network Facebook page or Instagram and send them to us there. You can send them by email also. Send them to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team, your fans, coaches, players, whatever you got. Send it our way. And, of course, there's a lot of ways you can watch basketball Friday night in West Virginia. You can go to basketballnight.com, and you can click to watch. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook Live. Go to the RSN Sports Facebook page. On Twitter, we're on Periscope, at hoops underscore roundup, and Network West Virginia statewide. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 9.53 on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the (laughs) ever-expanding desk. We're going to have to get an expansion. We're going to have to get a sideboard. <laughs> right. Uh, the rate we're going here, but that, and that's perfectly fine. We thank everyone who is involved uh, behind the scenes with this program and as well as you guys who uh, volunteer and make the trip in here weekly to help us put this program on. And uh, certainly appreciate all of that. And with that, I know that we are a little bit tight on time right now, so let's jump right back to the phone lines to Mike Stone. He was a player on the 77 and 78 Logan Boys Basketball Championship teams. The Wildcats won AAA titles both years going back-to-back, including what I still think is one of the wildest final scores of a championship game you will ever see at 1977, 111-87 to victory over Washington Irving uh, in the title game. And... Uh, Mike, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you. Hey, Mike, it's Joe Lanville. First of all, let's uh, talk about, uh, you know, what a memory that is for, you know, the, the group of guys you grew up with. You guys are a tight-knit bunch. But kind of tell us your, your best memory of that game. Uh, the 77 game? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, just the, uh, you know, we, we were a running team, of course, under Coach Akers, uh, all of his teams that he had were running teams. And, uh, you know, that game in particular was one where I don't know how many fast breaks we got, but the shooting percentages had to be out of sight because we shot a lot of layups going through there. And, and 
uh, you know, I can remember the, uh, the Civic Center, you know, the old Civic Center. Uh, it was packed, and, you know, so the, you had so much more noise than what you have now in a lot of the newer facilities. And uh, it was just a great environment, a great opportunity. And, of course, that 78 game, that title game with East Bank was a, you know, a nail-biter, went right down to the wire. Yes. Uh, they, they actually were leading most of the first half, and we hit a shot right at the buzzer uh, at the end of the first half to take the lead, and then after that we kept it the rest of the game. But it was close back and forth. and You know, they had a lot of good players, and, and uh, we'd actually scrimmaged them early in the year. And uh, I, th- I think they may have beaten us in a scrimmage. If they, I don't know how they kept that back then, but uh, – uh, at least they thought they did because they said that they made the statements in the paper. But uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good game. Mike, you guys are a tight bunch of guys, you know. And we think of '78. That was 40 years ago. But you guys still stay in touch and you know have reunions, meet, and and you know just a tight knit bunch of guys. Oh yeah, several of, my, uh, of our teammates. Uh, uh, Joe, when we did the show yesterday, uh, we, we had our. Mike Turner was on there from Las Vegas. Uh, it's an investigator for uh, one of the uh, uh, casino and malls out there. And uh, Kevin Bates in Florida, uh, we still stay in touch with him, talk to him regularly. Vincent Richardson in uh, Los Angeles, um, we still, still stay in touch with him. So, yes, we, we're still pretty close. And, of course, Coach Aker's still being around. And, I mean, you know, just so much, you know, going on there. Mike, I hate to cut you off, but uh, we're right up against a hard break here at the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us. Maybe we can get you guys on again some other time. Okay. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thank you. All right. It's Mike Stone. He was on the 77 and 78 Logan High School boys basketball AAA title teams. We'll be back with more of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, we will talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio. We'll talk with Terry Weaver, head coach of the Van Girls basketball team. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. And we'll also have something a little bit different. And if you're the parent of a child who hopes to be recruited and to get a scholarship, it's something you'll want to listen to. That's all. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburg. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time. 
98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25. We're also streaming live statewide on Sudden Links Network West Virginia. You can also go to rsnsports.com on their Facebook page. We're streaming live. Thanks for joining us. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University and the Tri-State area. For more information about the Lyceum's major events during February, visit marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. That is one word, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. And follow its tweets about a celebration of Frederick Douglass's 200th birthday on Wednesday, February 14th, and the presentation by Librarian of Congress, Dr. Carla Hayden, on Wednesday, February 21st. The Lyceum is a joint program of the John Deaver Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications at Marshall University. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10.01 on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville, Rick Marone, and Bill Cornwell. As we will get you a full scoreboard uh, a little bit later on. do want to push, though, that you can get all those scores from across the state tonight on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. You can also go to our website, basketballnight.com. You can actually sign up there and get our nightly email blast of scores um, which is a fantastic tool to keep up with your favorite teams uh, across the state. We know that it can be difficult sometimes to keep up with every score, but basketballnight.com. We make every effort to do so. Absolutely. And, again, we'll get that full scoreboard in a moment. We'll also talk with Bill Nestor of PDX Radio. We'll talk with Terry Weaver, head coach of the girls' basketball team at Van, Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Right now, though, we have with us West Virginia Wesleyan, Assistant basketball coach Sidney Christ uh, joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, and what Coach Christ is going to talk with us about is no one specifically. We're talking about what coaches are looking for in high school athletes when they are recruiting them. And uh, Coach Chris, first off, thanks for giving us your time here tonight. Hey, I appreciate you guys for having me. This is a great show. I really enjoy what you guys are doing. Being from West Virginia, it's nice to see that someone's trying to spotlight the the talent and the hard work that the student athletes from West Virginia uh, put in. And so, being from here, it holds a, a special place in my heart, knowing that there's a group of people that are trying to uh, 
trying to do things the right way and and give these kids some some shine so to speak well we greatly appreciate that and coach will jump right in well this is for a, a parent who has a kid who is interested in playing collegiate basketball how how do you find players i know there are a hundred ways but what are some of the the key ways that coaches find players well you know it's funny you get that question a lot and um you know i I was this is my third coaching stop i was at fairmont state for three years university of charleston this past season and then uh landed here in april and so as you go to these different places you find that you know everyone who coached in the 1970s in college has a story about the time that they stopped at a shell gas station and the guy working at the counter was six foot eight and they put him in the car and brought him back with them to wherever they were coaching that guy in America. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, you know, with social media and recruiting services and all the different things that they have now, if you're a really good player, we know. Um, you know, there are no secrets anymore. And that's kind of the one hard thing is, you know, people reach out or whatever and it's like hey you know it's 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 everything is at, the, is at our fingertips and so um you know 3.4 percent of high school basketball players go on to play in college and what i always try to tell prospective student athletes is what are you doing to set yourself aside from the other 850,000 kids that are playing high school basketball right now and what are you doing differently than they are and so the easiest way to explain it would be there are four boxes you need to check to me the most important one is your character okay is the kid a good character kid if, if the kid is not a good character we don't want him in our program and i think most coaches would, would, would agree with that the second thing is the most second most important thing is his academics you know we all have a certain amount of scholarships and the better kids grades are the easier it is for us to recruit him and give him scholarship money because it's uh you know quote-unquote cheaper for us to do that um so the first thing is character the second thing is academics the third thing and the fourth thing i guess you would say they're tied for third are skill and athleticism if you flip on a nba game or a college game right now every kid every kid that you see or every guy playing they can all pass they can all catch the ball they can all dribble the ball and they can all shoot the ball and there's a huge premium uh, on those on those four fine skills, and then of course there's a kid athletic enough to play. So the, as you go through it, you know you have those four boxes. Every time you don't check one of those boxes, you're filtering yourself out. Um, so I guess you know as a parent or as a as a prospective student athlete, you have to do your very best to make sure that you're checking all of those boxes. And this is obviously uh, something that. It's very important because, as you mentioned, recruiting is the lifeblood of your program. And I know for so many kids, and I, I hear this a lot within this state, that say, oh, well, you know, we're from West Virginia, the competition isn't great, et cetera, et cetera, not getting seen, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that I fully buy that in 2018. Yeah, and I would tell you, if you go and look at, you know, and I always – well, first, I'd like to say I always, uh, anytime I hear that, I always uh, urge those people, those kids, those parents to come watch a game. Um, because when you come watch a game, people see that it's not it's not what people think it is. Um, you know, in our league, every year there are multiple, multiple, multiple Division One transfers. 
So we're getting guys in our league that are Division One caliber talent. Um, so for people to think that they can just go play in our league, that's crazy. You know, my last year at Fairmont State, we were 25-5. and five. We were number two in the country for eight weeks. And we played Cleveland State, who is a low to mid-major basketball team, in a close scrimmage and, and beat them. <laughs> beat them pretty handily. You know, when I was at uh, my second year at Fairmont State, we played Cincinnati. They beat us by eight. Um, this year at Western Western, we went and played Marshall in an exhibition game. You know, they beat us by 12 or 14. And it was a game throughout until about the last four minutes of the game. So for people to think that the league is not good basketball, that's crazy to me. Um, it, it completely blows my mind. Uh, two of the kids that I had that I coached while I was at Fairmont State are currently playing in the NBA G League. One of them was the number four overall pick in that draft. Uh, and they're both starting on those teams. Um, so for people to think that it's not good basketball and that it's below them, that, that always blows my mind. Um, and I urge anyone who's listening to this that hasn't been to a Mountain East Commerce game or an NAIA game to, to go and watch it because I think you'd be very surprised. Sydney Chris, assistant basketball coach with West Virginia Wesleyan. We, again, thank you so much for taking your time out to join us this evening and just to share the perspective of a, of a college basketball coach and, and what they're looking for in high school athletes. All right. And, again, we appreciate Coach Chris uh, coming on the show with us tonight. And uh, before we, we'll go to Bill Nestor in, here in just a second. But, uh, Joe, I think that should be something that hopefully uh, our listeners will get something from that. What amazed me was, number one, character was at the top of the list. And, number two, 3%. You know, that's three out of 100, and there's only 15 players on a basketball team. So the numbers are very slight for the high school players that actually go on and be able to play college basketball. And, and Coach Marone, you've been fortunate enough to have girls recruited over the years to at various levels. You had a girl who started in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you've had several players go through what is now the Mountain East Conference, but was the West Virginia Conference. And um, I think they checked all the, those boxes. Yeah, and I think uh, Coach really, he summarized it well for the parents and also for the athletes because in these days of social media, as he mentioned, there's pros and cons to it. One thing they do look at is social media of these prospective recruits. So people need to be conscious of that. That's something that for all of us growing up was never an issue. But character, number one, I love the fact that he said that. I can tell you from the coaching side, uh, that's got to be number one. All the other things fall in order below that. And we've had girls play at all levels, uh, NAI all the way to Division One. Uh, it's been uh, a process, but he hit right on the things that I've seen over the last 20 years. Those are the things that are important when recruiting. And, Bill, you've been around a lot of uh, stellar athletes, and I think the yeah. ones that rise to the top, you can always tell, are good character people. Good character people and great work ethic. You know, he, he, did, he made the point about what sets you apart from other kids out there, the, the hundreds of thousands that are playing high school basketball. A little, little bit of work ethic. I've got to back him up as far as uh, – the quality of the MEC. Uh, there are some good basketball teams. Man, Fairmont State, really good. Uh, Glenville's had good programs. University of Charleston. Uh, he mentioned, of course, he's at West Virginia Wesleyan, the very competitive team there, and, and a lot of kids from West Virginia. And that's the thing. Uh, there's not room on the WVU and Marshall teams for every West Virginia kid, unfortunately. That in, in, in of course, you know, you, you – Coach Huggins, Coach D'Antoni have to they have to a little higher standard they have to meet 
or they don't have their jobs. But there are tons of spots in the MEC because there's a lot of schools in this state. And um, kids don't look down on these MEC schools because they have they play good competition. There's good coaching in the league. Uh, you, you got some quality academic schools in that league. Give them out. Give them a chance. Look them up. One name I'll mention really quick. Remember Stevie Browning mm-hmm. did not have a Division One offer right. coming out of Logan High School. He went to Fairmont State. He played there for a couple of years, transferred to Marshall, currently playing professionally in Europe. Yes. Was an outstanding player for Marshall. So, again, various pathways to get where you want to go. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio. Bill, it's been a long time since we've had you, and it's great to have you back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Guys, it's great to be back. It's been a long hiatus. We've had, uh, uh, we're in the midst of a nine-day uh, break because of weather, and prior to that, a couple of weeks where we didn't have much going on, so hadn't had a chance to get a hold of you, so it's always great to talk with you and, and uh, check in and see how things are going. And to reiterate what you guys were talking about, uh, you know, you look at a team like West Liberty, uh, you know, They've got a starting point guard that was a former point guard, Robert Seabird, and also the number one assistant there, uh, Brett Urban, also a former RCB All-Stater. So some ties in the conference as well for guys that I know pretty well. And a lot of things you guys talked about, it is a key. You've got to have the hard work, the discipline, a lot of things that a lot of good players in the state exhibit, and that's why some of the guys locally can fit in, plug into that, that level, because they have that hard work, they put that time in, they get the job done, and Really, that's what it's all about. So to reiterate some of the things you just talked about, I agree completely. Well, you know, we, somebody who's putting in some good work are the Eagles of Robert C. Bird. Three straight wins. Going back to January 24th, the schedule's been a little bit light, again, because weather, et cetera, and, and it's just been kind of tricky to get games in. Uh, have another game scheduled uh, for uh, next, next Monday. Well, Wednesday, right? Monday was Monday. Actually, Monday, Monday, it's going to be a yeah the uh, yeah the, the couple of postponements here recently. Uh, Monday they're going to make up a Preston County contest. It'll be a throwback game uh, from Kelly Miller days, which was an all all black school in in Clarksburg years ago. They're going to uh, bring back uniforms, bring back some players, and do that on Monday. And they're going to crank it up again on Wednesday and Friday. Uh, Bird was supposed to play Fairmont Senior, but they had that game postponed as well. So they'll move that to the very end of the schedule. They'll play them on the 24th. That'll be the uh, regular season finale. So Robert C. Bird now 9-6 and six on the year. And I've got to imagine with all of these postponements, it, it, it's got to be, one, a little bit frustrating for the team to not be able to get on the court and go play against someone else. And a lot of practicing involved right now at this time of year, which you typically don't get in the year. And two, that's going to push – toward a furious finish to the year. That's a great point, Ron. What's happened now is when RCB finally started to get things going and got into the three-game win streak, which you just mentioned a minute ago, uh, things were going well, clicking on all cylinders. Of course, the delay that, you know, with all the time off, those foments, it kind of slows things down. And it's going to force back-to-back three-game weeks for RCB uh, to close out the regular season. So it's going to be fast and furious throughout the stretch. And, uh, it's going to be an exciting time for RCB and a chance to get some games in. But, you know, the tough part about it is when you get into these kind of uh, situations like you're going to see in the next couple of weeks, if you start to play bad basketball, you don't have a lot of practice time to correct things. So you've got to make sure you stay on top of your game, 
uh, play well and, and try to ride the momentum out throughout the last couple of weeks. So a couple of we- a couple of wins here in the next few games will do wonders for this squad. Bill Nuster, WPDX in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. Bill, once again, always a pleasure. And like I said, it's been a few weeks. We missed you. I miss you guys as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Keep up the great work, fellas. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. I greatly appreciate that. And right now, we've got to step aside and take another break. When we come back, we'll introduce you to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. We'll also talk with Terry Weaver, head girls basketball coach at Van, Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. <laughs> There's one. And, um, and we'll also bring Bill Cornwell back in a moment to talk about the game he saw tonight. Yeah. We'll, we, almost we, a surprise. Almost. We'll almost do surprise. all that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on, real-life experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Herd TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coming up, you're going to meet the newest addition to our Standout Athlete of the Week. And, of course, that roster includes Jaden Lindsay, Jacob Clark, Cole Honaker, Sidney Nestor, Isaiah Morgan, Deja Busby, Drew Williamson, Ashton Maxwell. And tonight, the standout athlete is from Spring Valley. on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 18 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling joe linville with you bill cornwell with us as well rick marone is in studio and our special correspondent luke creasy joins us now as it's time to introduce to you this week's standout athlete of the week senior from spring valley high school casey henchman uh, really uh, a kid that dedicates himself to basketball but uh, has, has a lot of other things going for him right now. The Timberwolves tonight played Huntington. Casey did not play, 
There was a good reason, though. Absolutely, uh, he's up for. A, he's got a couple of really exciting educational opportunities in front of him. Front of him, excuse me. One of them is he's up for Jaeger scholarship. Uh, that's a big scholarship uh, dedicated to just a few, you know, very scholarly uh, individuals and. He'll find out if he's a finalist for that. But tonight he had an interview for a big medical school scholarship for here in Marshall. So that's a pretty good reason to miss the game, even though it's a tough one to miss. Yeah, definitely a tough one to miss. But And you've also got the idea here that his family is very familiar with a young man who started in the national championship game last year for Gonzaga. Josh Perkins. Uh, of course, many of you might know he spent some time playing for Huntington Prep. And he was actually hosted by the Hinchman family during his time here. Casey was in the seventh grade at that time. And they were able to share some, you know, pregame warm-up kind of routines and really just share basketball knowledge. And even to this day, they still maintain that contact. It's almost a a brotherly relationship there. Luke has more with this week's Standout Athlete of the Week, Casey Hinchman, a senior from Spring Valley High School. Some coaches and players believe the most significant team development often comes during the offseason. For some, the off-season never comes because it's onto a different sport. For some, the off-season is necessary to recuperate and recover from a grueling season. For others, the off-season presents the opportunity to form an unbreakable bond between teammates. Spring Valley's Casey Hinchman takes it upon himself to coordinate his team's activities, even with the absence of his coaching staff. Hinchman's initiative to lead his team even long before the start of preseason practice makes him this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. The Spring Valley boys' roster lists double the number of upperclassmen, 12, as it does underclassmen, 6. Of those 12 upperclassmen, 6 are seniors who have played together their entire time at Spring Valley. Hinchman knows what to expect from those other 5 seniors, but he uses off-season workouts to discover how the underclassmen might contribute. Casey's mother, Jenny, assisted in making those team gatherings possible. They would just coordinate open gyms throughout the week and uh, spontaneous workout sessions and keep some good camaraderie with the boys and keep everybody in shape. His father, Craig, said one key to making the unofficial practices a success was his son's placing the same value on everyone's participation as a teammate. He doesn't treat them any differently if they were an 18-year-old senior. A uh, couple of the sophomores he's become really close to. He includes them in everything and uh, makes them feel like on the same level peers, whether once again in the classroom, out playing video games or on the court. And I think by doing that, that you know, he leads by example in that way. And Tom Ellis witnessed the impact of these team activities over the summer because of his son Nathan's participation and said it could have an even larger impact on the chemistry of Spring Valley basketball in the years to come. I think it's going to cause these younger kids to to jump at that chance in the future to take these younger boys under their wing and say, hey, let's get together, let's get to know each other on the court, how we play, and it helps the reactions in, in regular season in the middle of a game. Casey's mom witnessed the teammates growing closer during this open gym time. So they've built a really close bond and a good chemistry. And then even the younger boys that came up, they just joined right in and picked right up. And they they really do have a good tight bond. I think they have a good time on and off the court together. Hinchman said it was difficult to schedule a time when everyone would be available due to other activities and vacations. But having teammates eager to participate made the process easier. You know, we have a lot of guys on our team who, uh, you know, are really passionate about getting better. And, you know, that, that makes it a lot easier when everybody on the team wants to get in the gym and get shots up and uh, improve. 
And I feel like we've had a lot of guys who just want to improve, especially in the off season, because that's when you get better and that's when the results show when uh, the actual season comes around. Hinchman's father, Craig, said his son believes camaraderie in the locker room is vital. Teams being successful is to really be good friends and know each other well on the court and off the court. So uh, that's always been a focal point to him, I think, is, you know, if, if you know your teammates real well, it's going to lead to, to uh, good things on the court. Hinchman is convinced that this bond will lead to a run toward a state tournament berth in Charleston at season's end. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Luke Creasy. And thank you very much, Luke. And um, again, congratulations to our standout athlete of the week, Casey Hinchman of Spring Valley High School. Bill, you had... Uh, you went to the Spring Valley game yep. tonight. I was working Huntington. it. I uh, was working it. And, uh, very competitive game. Very competitive game. And, and of course, we mentioned that, that uh, Casey was not there. And, and he was one of three guys who were regulars, either starters or early off the bench for uh, for the uh, Timberwolves, who were not available tonight. So they were shorthanded. And they were starting, for instance, uh, in Casey's place. He, he always is the starting point guard. They started the son of Coach Corey Maynard, 5'9 freshman, Chase Maynard. And so here this, here's a freshman who basically just plays JV games, had to face the defending state AAA champions, and did a pretty good job this evening. Huntington uh, comes away with the 73-69 win, and they did not put the game away until the final 10 seconds or so, a couple of free throws by Tanner Stevens. Uh, but uh, big night for uh, Michael Dawson. Of course, everybody in the state knows about Michael Dawson. Michael Dawson had 28 tonight. He had six threes in the game. Uh, but he was matched as far as threes by Jacob Bailey from Spring Valley. He had six threes, and he had 24. Uh, but um, right now, Huntington, um, you know, they're on a you – know, in fact, I talked to Coach uh, Ron Hess uh, – before the game tonight, and he said that uh, they're kind of like at the precipice here. You know, uh, you know th- things could go really well for them, and, and they could really get hot going into postseason, or they're not improving enough, and they're getting a little stagnant. So he's a little worried. He's a little concerned, but they do get the win tonight. They probably got to get a bit more uh, more balanced scoring because Michael Dawson, you know, he, he pretty much uh, in the first half uh, put them on his shoulders. So they did get – some help from Andrew Scholl, who's a good outside shooter for him uh, in the second half. And Bryce Damas, who was a really uh, a junkyard kind of player for them, he had 16. But uh, those basically are the guys that are getting it done. Uh, 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 that's 13 wins for them. So they're, they're at least improving a bit, and uh, they've, they've got a good overall record. They've, they've lost some uh, interesting games. Uh, I know they lost uh, – uh, to Capitol a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Capitol was quite dominant against them. But, of course, that happened last year in the regular season, and what happened in the championship game, of course, Huntington got the win. So, you know, the Highlanders, uh, they are clearly probably the best uh, AAA team in the far western part of the state. I mean, they, they still are that, but uh, they're still a work in progress. Uh, that certainly is the word that Coach Ron Hess will give you. Uh, only uh, – only five wins for Spring Valley, and it's been frustrating. They've really had a tough time in the MSAC. They've uh, also lost some tough games to out-of-state competition in the Huntington area in, in Ashland, Kentucky, and Boyd County, Kentucky. Uh, they're improving, but it's not showing in wins and losses. The Timberwolves again uh, falling tonight to Huntington. We'll get 
to Eric Little, WVVV, Craig Dutton, WRR, Roger Kane, head coach of Cameron's girls basketball team in a couple of moments. But right now, I want to go to Terry Weaver, head coach of the Van Bulldogs girls basketball team, a team that has won three in a row and a team that has a 13-5 and record on the season coming off of a hometown invitational championship. And Coach Weaver, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for holding on with us through what has been a kind of a hectic night. And uh, but your ball club uh, playing very well right now. And uh, we'll, we'll back up to the hometown Invitational and uh, beating Meadow Bridge, who had been undefeated, uh, winning that uh, Division Two championship game, forty-two thirty-nine at the South Charleston Community Center uh, a week ago. Uh, tell me about that game and uh, tell me about how uh, that kind of measured your program, which has been very good in close ball games this season. Well, it, uh, it was a battle. It was a physical battle. Uh, the girls just didn't quit. We went into halftime at the line, I think. Uh, we had a bridge come out second half. They were firing on all cylinders. And <clears throat> it got physical, and the girls just didn't quit. We just kept kept the pressure up, uh, good defense, and well, defense is what won. They just, yeah, they they just they never quit. Coaches, Joe Linville, your your team's rolling right along, and and you're, you're having a pretty good season. What what is the key to the success there of the Bulldogs? Man to man defense. That and uh, we we press. We'll meet you when you come out of the locker room. We pressed the whole game. The Van Bulldogs, as I mentioned, 13-5 and on the season and um, had a win over Tug Valley earlier this week, also a win over Buffalo. Now, Coach, well, I've got you on the line, and I apologize if we we missed this. Um, I don't have a score. You were scheduled to play Mountain View Christian Academy, Virginia, tonight on the road. Did that game take place? Uh, yes, we won. Uh, I think we won. Ended up winning by 15. I took my starters out in the first quarter and played JV, and we ended up winning by 15. So your team now 14 and 5. Coach, uh, the season's winding down. Uh, how do you feel like your Lady Bulldogs will fare as you you know as you start sectional play? Well, that uh, depends on where we're seated. I'm hoping to not face St. Joe until hopefully sectional championship. <laughs> so you know how that goes. Yeah, tough section for the like Lady Bulldogs. Very tough. Yeah, I'd like to have the opportunity to at least get to the regional. You know, you know how that goes with Huntington St. Joe. Well, Coach, we... That's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And Coach, uh, your ball clubs, as we mentioned, 14-5. and five. Uh, fantastic season at this point. Wish you and the Bulldogs the best of luck going forward. Okay, thank you guys for having me. All right, that's Terry Weaver, head coach of the Van Bulldogs, as they pick up the win tonight over Mountain View Christian, Virginia. We're going to step aside, take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll talk with Eric Little, WVVV. We'll talk with Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. We'll also talk with Roger Kane, head coach of the Cameron Dragons. But before we go to break, we do want to mention that 
We do want to thank our sponsors. Yep, Basketball Friday Night West Virginia made possible in part by financial support from the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum, the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism, Mass Communications at Marshall University, and WMULFM. Halfway home on another edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back after the break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the voting results with you at the end of the show. This week's question, should there be a curfew on start times for games on school nights? Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of our page. You've got to 11.45 tonight, and, of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Also, we want to remind you about the Daily Hoops Roundup. Of course, that's part of basketballnight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on every team in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we want you to become part of our score reporting crew in the field, too, all throughout the week. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email. We'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. On Twitter, you can follow us at hoops underscore roundup. You can send scores that way, too, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also email us. Send your email with scores and any information you have on the team or game to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. There's another way you can send scores and info to us. You can send it to our text number, 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Check it out at basketballnight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.33 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. We'll go to Eric Little, WVVV in a moment. Craig Dutton, WRRR. Roger Kane, head coach of the Cameron Dragons girls basketball team as well. We promised you a scoreboard update, though, so it's now time for another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Joe, we'll turn you loose with the top half of the boys' scores. I'll take care of the bottom half, and then Coach Murray will have the girls' scores. It was Harmon over the 100 Hornets tonight, 43-37. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, falling to St. Albans tonight, 58 58- 57. Reggie Jacks are a three-pointer with 1.7 seconds to give the Red Dragons the win. It was Magnolia falling to Cameron, 69-49. 
Allegheny, Maryland over Frankfurt, 57-42. Oak Glen picks up a win tonight over East Liverpool, Ohio, 61-57. Another tight one, Nicholas County scaves one out, knocks off a top-rated single-A team in Tug Valley, 57-56. Sissonville defeats the Polka Dots tonight in a Cardinal Conference matchup, 74-44. It was Williamson, Williamstown in overtime over St. Mary's, 62-56. Bridgeport falling to a AAA University Hawks tonight, 61-59. It was Braxton County over Doddridge County, 82-49. Buckhannon Upshur, the Buccaneers, over Preston, 62-61. It was George Washington over Capital, 69-62. Champville Tigers in the Battle of Logan County knocks off the Logan Wildcats tonight, 52-45. Charleston Catholic falling to the Scott Skyhawks tonight, 67-64. And it was Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears, over the Crosstown East Fairmont Bees, 50-43. Ryan? Also tonight in boys' high school basketball in West Virginia. Again, a busy schedule tonight, a full schedule tonight. Philip Barber defeats Grafton, 78-69, the final in that one. It was Greater Beckley Christian picking up a 66-59 win at home over Mount View. Bluefield defeats Greenbrier East tonight, 58-55 the final. Or see, that's, that's the end of the third was that one. That game tightened up. It was a pretty wide margin for Bluefield at the half. But, again, we're working, we'll work to get a final on that. We'll also work to get a final on Hedgesville and Spring Mills. Last update we had on that, Hedgesville had a 29-28 lead after three quarters. Final tonight, Huntington defeats Spring Valley, 73-69 at the Wolves' Den. It was Riverview over Independence, 50-47. Washington picks up a win over Jefferson, 56-52. Kaiser beats Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 54-51. It was Oak Hill going to 14-1 with an 84-58 victory over Liberty Raleigh. Martinsburg is 16-4 after defeating the Musselman Appleman tonight, 55-50. The final in that one, those two split in the season. Also tonight, it was Midland Trail defeating Richwood, 73-55. Mingo Central picks up a 67-47 win at Wayne. Also tonight, Morgantown defeats Wheeling Park, 55-38. The Mohegans get the win. Notre Dame beats Trinity, 51-49. Fantastic game there as the reigning Class A state champs pick up the road win. Ravenswood goes on the road and survives, beating Parkersburg Catholic 63-61. The Red Devils, a perfect 12-0 in the Little Canal Conference, 18-1 now on the season. Parkersburg Catholic, excuse me, Parkersburg South, no problems tonight at Ripley, 90-44 the final. The Patriots get the win there. Princeton beats James Monroe, 76-44, 23 points from Cade Fix in the win. South Charleston beats Riverside 91-73. It was Webster County over Roan County 73-60. It was Shady Spring beating Wyoming East 73-57. A nice home win for the Tigers. Also tonight, Valley Fayette goes to 14-1. The Greyhounds go to Sherman and pick up a tight road win 50-48. Woodrow Wilson now 12-5. The Flying Eagles win at Hurricane 73-64. Let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight on the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. 
This score just in, the RCB Eagles knock off the Liberty Harrison Mountaineers 52-21. to Pikeview gets a nice win. They go to 10-8 with a 72-54 win over the Mavericks of James Monroe. Phillip Barber, 59. Petersburg, 43. The Colts are now 11-8. East Hardy falls tonight to Moorfield. Moorfield with the 41-36 win over the Cougars. Mount View comes up just a bit short. The Golden Knights fall to Greater Beckley Christian. The Crusaders, 51-48 winners. Nicholas County, nice win here. They get a win against Summers County at Summers County. Not an easy place to play. Nicholas County now 16-4. Hannah Taylor for Summers County had 35 points in that game. 73-68 winner for Nicholas County. St. Joe goes to New Richmond, pulls the upset of sorts. They beat Wyoming East early this year at home. They turned a trick on the road, 55-53. St. Joe sweeps the season series from Wyoming East. St. Joe now 12-5. Richwood, 64. Fayetteville, 52. Kaiser, the Golden Tornado, 67-50 winners over Hampshire. Notre Dame falls tonight. The Lincoln Cougars go to 12-8, 52-35 winners over the Fighting Irish. And finally, Woodrow Wilson, 90, Independence, 31. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism, BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Thank you very much, Coach, and um, a a game that we mentioned earlier tonight, Parkersburg South, now with a 14-game winning streak as the Patriots are on a roll. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, the Iron Man tonight so far, uh, joins us here (laughs) on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and Eric, uh, the Patriots, no problems on the road with Ripley tonight. Yeah, kind of a rare one for Parkersburg South to come away with such a big win. Uh, 90 points, the largest point total for Parkersburg South this year. And the, let me do some quick math, 36 point margin of victory. Did I get that right? Or is, is 36? Is that, I'm sorry, it's been a long night. Yeah, that, that margin of victory, the biggest uh, of the season for Parkersburg South. And uh, a 90 to 44 win over. Um, over um, Ripley tonight. That's a 46-point win, points. by the way. 46, thank you. I appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, I, I, I'm driving, so my, my, my fingers <laughs> you know, and toes are a little tied up. I can't take my shoes off and count on my feet. It's been a long <laughs> week for Eric. I heard him earlier in the week doing some play-by-play when he was reporting on, a, on another network show earlier in the week. So he's had a busy week. Yeah. yeah well, well, three games last week, three games this week for South, and uh, three next week. And you know it's what it's what they want to do, um, playing a lot of games, and I don't think they mind going back to back games uh, or back to back nights. They did that last week uh, with a, a really tough one against Logan on Saturday, Logan, Ohio, and then they'll do that tonight with uh, or, or tonight and tomorrow with um, Ripley and then uh, Wheeling Park. Patriots got 19 points from Braden Mooney tonight, 13 of those coming in the first half, and South was able to liberally substitute. Uh, beginning about the midway point of the third quarter. It was an 18-point game at the half, and South went on a 34-9 run to open the third quarter. And from there on out, they were able to kind of cruise to the victory. And what's good about that is, you know, going back to the back-to-back nights thing, uh, they'll face a tougher challenge uh, in Wheeling Park tomorrow. Uh, that's a good park team. And um, I know Michael Jebbia's club probably isn't um, thrilled about the fact that uh, – Morgantown gave them more of a game tonight than Ripley was able to give Parkersburg South. So Mike Fallon was able to rest his starters and uh, and save some legs for tomorrow, whereas Coach Jebbia didn't have that luxury. 
Patriots have been playing as, as good as anyone. Uh, only loss this season was Taze Valley, which, again, that was kind of the prep program for Taze Valley. Um, it's a ball club that didn't necessarily play all that well in picking up a win over Hurricane. They had a very tight game, and Hurricane played well in that game, so I don't want to take anything away from the Redskins. But a 71-66 win in the little general shootout. Um, Parkersburg South has been good in close games. That big comeback win over Logan, Ohio last week, for instance, uh, last Saturday, and also tonight, uh, impressive with a 46-point win um, at Ripley. So uh, it's it's hard to say anyone's playing any better than Parkersburg South at the moment. Well, this win streak of 14 is rivaled only by the Parkersburg South girls team, and they've won 10 in a row. They'll go for the OVAC championship tomorrow against Wheeling Park. But to go back to the boys, 14 games in a row, that's a school record in a 51-year history of South High School. 16 wins with only one loss is a uh, is the most with only one loss in school history. I want to thank Bill Camp for both of those stats. And you're right, it's a team that's really rolling in the role, to be quite honest with this group, because they have the core of the group that they had last year. They only lost one senior to graduation. Uh, this is a team that sputtered through much of the season. They were 7-10 and 10 at one point, and they got an upset win on the road against George Washington in the last week of last season. And since then, the only times they've lost were the Taze Valley Christian lost this season and the state quarterfinals that they lost to eventual state, camp, uh, state champion Capital. Uh, that was one of those games where the light bulb clicked. Uh, the, the South rallied in that game against GW last year, and really this group has run with that, and, and they've been resilient. Uh, the ending with that stretch or with that game against Logan, um, that, that ended a stretch of six games in this 14-game win streak where South won four when they had been tied or trailing after three quarters. So you're right. They've won when they've had to come from behind, when they've had off nights early on. They've won when they've run away from opponents. They've run when they've had opponents like Hurricane did the other day come back on them. And it, it just goes to show you that this is a patient group. This group of pa- Patriots, they don't get down on themselves. Uh, when they... You know, when, when the scoreboard might tell them otherwise, and they stay within themselves, they stay with they stay to their game. They continue to take the shots, and they chip away at big leads. Eric Little, WVVVM Parkersburg, as the Patriots of Parkersburg South pick up the big road win over Ripley. Hey, be careful on your way home. Thank you so much, and uh, you guys have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. That's Eric Little again, WVVVM Parkersburg. We'll step aside and take a break when we come back. We will talk with this week's standout athlete of the week, Casey Henchman of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. We'll also have Craig Dutton, WRRR, Roger Kane of the Cameron Dragons girls team, and Jordan Mounts, WFGH. Tough week for the Tug Valley Panthers. We'll talk about that and much more as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Congratulations tonight to Casey Henchman, Spring Valley High School. Casey joins Jaden Lindsay, Jacob Clark, Cole Honaker, Sidney Nestor, Isaiah Morgan, Deja Busby, Drew Williamson, and Ashton Maxwell. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? 
Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. And we want to thank Marshall University. We're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. You can visit basketballnight.com to watch the video. Of course, we're also on Suddenlink's Network West Virginia statewide. You can go to RSN Sports, watch us on their Facebook page, and we're on Periscope if you're a Twitter user. And we want to give a shout-out to some of our newest followers on Twitter, including Woody Williams, Aaron Randolph, Jeff Parker, Yate, Jeff Church, and Scott Brown. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We roll up on 1048 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along with us as another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this February 9th, 2018 this is week 10 of the program in season five, right? <laughs> we'll be in Charleston before we know it. Hey, and we will be talking postseason in depth next week for the girls as they get ready to go. And the boys will be uh, talking about seating. We do want to let you know that we are doing our best to make sure we get all the seatings from the sectionals, to get all the sectional tournament schedules on basketballnight.com this coming week. Tuesday to Wednesday, we hope to have them all collected. Yeah, all the girls will be finalized Tuesday in the afternoon, and we want to encourage folks to come to the website because I think something gets lost, and we had this discussion last year at the state coaches uh, committee meeting. The sectional tournament's an extension of the state tournament. I know not everybody ends up in the Civic Center, but that tournament is just like the NCAA. You have early rounds. You have those regional rounds. So those sectional games are important. Come to the website, and uh, we're going to do our best to have kind of the one-stop shopping. And that's so much fun when you can actually look at the entire entire tournament that way. And if you're in a tough sectional... You may well deserve to go to the state, and you can get knocked off. Yeah, and, and we we see it every year. Teams that we think appear to be state tournament caliber teams will have a bad game at yeah. the at the most inopportune time. That certainly happens. Right now, we'll, well, I'll tell you what we will talk to Craig Dutton in a moment. We'll talk with Roger Kane, head coach of the Cameron girls basketball team, in a moment. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts in a moment as well. But it is now time to talk with our standout athlete of the week. He's a senior at Spring Valley High School. Uh, he actually missed tonight's game, but he had an excellent reason for doing so. Uh, as the Timberwolves fell by four at home to Huntington. Eligible for the Jaeger Scholarship at Marshall University, which is a, a prestigious scholarship. 
at Marshall, as well as a high-profile med school scholarship. Casey Henchman joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Casey, welcome to the program. Uh, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, doing great tonight. And uh, obviously tonight was a little bit of a maybe being torn because you had to miss uh, your team's game at home with Huntington, but the reason you missed it is one that could very well set you up well for the future. Yeah, it was kind of bittersweet. Uh, I really don't want to miss the game tonight, but I had good reason to do so. I, I had a, a banquet for a scholarship opportunity that I have. And, uh, yeah, just, it sucked not being with my guys out there, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to make some decisions. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the evening, normally you're on the basketball court, but like you said, uh, a very important import, important appointment that you had to miss the, the game for. Yeah, well, normally I would have been at the gym around 6 o'clock, usually start at 7.30, but today I had to uh, had to be at Marshall University uh, in their student center at 6.30. For, uh, it was, it's a banquet to just kind of you know get to know all these other applicants and uh kids who are up for this medical school scholarship yeah so it was a little bit different uh, tonight than normally would have been so how many times did you check your phone to try to get score updates on that game <laughs> unfortunately uh, my parents wouldn't let me check my phone uh, the entire time. probably a smart move but, uh, right? <laughs> yeah but as soon as, as soon as it was over i ran outside and uh i texted into my group messages and i had had my friends give me updates on the game it was right on the end of the fourth quarter whenever i got out of there and uh yeah it was it was like a three-point game i think when i when i left so yeah it sucked it was, it was tough for sure and tell me when you decided you wanted to go into the uh, into the medical field. Well, uh, both of my parents are in the medical field. They're both nurses uh, at, at St. Mary's. So it's always been something I thought, you know, uh, my parents do it. That's something that I feel like I, I could be good at as well. And, uh, and recently, last year, I was diagnosed with diabetes, and that just kind of gave me more inspiration to, you know, pursue medicine. So, yeah, it's always just kind of felt like the right fit for me. Your ball club has just six wins on the year, but the MSAC is brutal. You've been in most of those games. I've got to think that you're looking at this as an opportunity for your team as well to just kind of get better, get healthy, and by the time postseason rolls around, be playing your very best because I think uh, your team has proven that you're really just a couple possessions away from, from being as good as anybody within the, uh, within the section. Yeah, all season we've been in really close games, and you know, uh, most of the time we haven't been able to come out on top. But I think, you know, just like any season, you want to be getting better by the end of the year. And like, of late, we've been looking better. We've had you know a few a few wins here lately, and even tonight we had a close game with uh, with Huntington. Yeah, I wasn't able to be there, but we had some young guys step up. They played well, and it's just encouraging. And I feel like we're going to be playing our best basketball here in the next couple of weeks, and uh, that's all you can really hope for. Big game coming up this week at home against Capital and then uh, the MSAC Night of Champions in one week. So uh, starting to wind down your senior year. Happens fast. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It feels like just a couple weeks ago I was I was a freshman. But I'm excited to, uh, to get into the uh, playoff time. I feel like we can really, uh, you know, uh, make some noise here uh, in the sectionals and then hopefully into the regionals and the state tournament. Casey, once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. I appreciate it. Y'all have a nice night. All right, thank you very much. That's Casey Henchman.
from Spring Valley High School. And impressive, guys. I mean, we're talking about a, a young man who just, uh, as a senior, missed a home game against the reigning state champions um, and a sectional rival. Spring Valley and Huntington are pretty good rivals on the basketball floor and did so with his future in mind. And as much as we love and celebrate the sport of basketball, I think he made the right decision. I think his priorities are in order. Yeah, I think he, uh, he's he got things figured out. And uh, uh, impressive to see and uh, complimentary. He said we had some young guys step up, uh, still uh, pulling for his guys. But uh, it's great to see young people who sometimes get a bad rap. Uh, we get to see the best of the best. And, uh, and Joe, he's one of them. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, what a decision. I mean, you know, your career and your education obviously comes first. But I'm, I'm sure as a young man, that was still a tough decision right. to say, Coach, I'm not going to be able to be there Friday night. Yeah, we are almost up against a break, so we're going to hold Craig Dutton of WRRR in St. Mary's until after the uh, top of the hour. Roger Kane, head coach of the Cameron girls basketball team, uh, who has been hanging in there with us, just hanging in there with us a little bit longer. We'll get to him uh, after the top of the hour. We'll also talk with uh, Jordan Mounts, who had Tug Valley Mingo Central earlier this week, Tug Valley Nicholas County tonight. And, uh, guys, we really haven't got to kind of discuss some of these games, but um, Coach Marone, some of the boys' games, um, there were some teams, University survives at home against Bridgeport. Um, you had, uh, you know, Bridgeport, by the way, who who is still very good, but was beaten soundly by Fairmont earlier in the week. Uh, you've got you know, a, a situation where Bluefield and Greenbrier East are in a very, very tight basketball game. Um, you also had Ravenswood winning a two-point game on the road. There, a lot of teams that are considered in the upper echelon of their classifications struggled but won tonight on the road. What about Fairmont Senior? I mean, they've been destroying people. They go to East Fairmont, their crosstown rival, a seven-point win. And the bigger story there is they're held to 50 points. I mean, they have just been on a rampage. Coach Retton, you talk about a three-peat. You talk about being focused. So I see Ryan down the stretch, uh, you know, like you mentioned, some teams surviving, advancing. Me and you before the broadcast talked about some of the girls' teams that are doing the same thing. Not always pretty, but finding a way to win. Those are teams that can survive in the sectionals and regionals because guess what? Sometimes those are possession games, they're execution games, or low scoring, and you got to get it done. But I think that's a great experience for them getting ready for a tournament. And over on the girls' side, mm-hmm. there was some tight games as well. I mean, you know, uh, St. Joe and, and Wyoming East and uh, – in, in that Wyoming East game, we had uh, Emily Saunders had 25 points, and also uh, Jazz Blankenship went over the thousand point mark. So some big games and some individual marks as well for some, some student athletes. And we will have a full scoreboard coming up at the top of the hour. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton of WRRR in St. Mary's. Again, we'll also talk with Roger Kane, head coach of the Cameron Dragons girls team. They are having a fantastic season. We'll also talk with Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio. And I do want to mention before we go to break, great ball game last night in Sissonville. Went to overtime. Wayne's girls now 19-1 after a 51-47 road win. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
for scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. We want to thank Suddenlink for carrying us on Network West Virginia statewide. We also want to thank RSN Sports for carrying us on Facebook Live tonight. And a big shout-out and appreciation for the technicians over at Comcast as they repaired Channel 25 just before we went on the air. You can also listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston 950 AM, The Voice of the Coalfields 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVLWN Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM, The Ticket 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton, the greatest oldies of all time. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio. 101.1 FM WYAP Clay and Marshall University. 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. A proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University and the Tri-State area. For more information about the Lyceum's major events during February, visit marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. That is one word, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. And follow its tweets about a celebration of Frederick Douglass's 200th birthday on Wednesday, February 14th, and the presentation by Librarian of Congress, Dr. Carla Hayden, on Wednesday, February 21st. The Lyceum is a joint program of the John Deaver Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications at Marshall University. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now hour of the program here as we roll on past 11 o'clock. Ryan Epley alongside Joe Limville and Rick Marone. We will talk with Roger Kane, head coach of the Cameron girls basketball team, in a moment. Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's, Jordan Mounts, WFJH. They've been so kind to hang with us uh, through this. We will get to them in a moment, but to get to them sooner, we need to first do our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. If you're looking for scores, look no more. You've come to the right place here at basketballnight.com. Let's dive right into the boys' scores. All these are final. 
And we'll start with the 100 Hornets. They came up short tonight. Harmon, 43-137. Parkersburg falls short tonight by one point. St. Albans with the upset 58-57 over the Big Reds. Reggie Jackson hits a three-pointer with 1.6 seconds left to give St. Albans the win. The Cameron Dragons, 69, Magnolia, 49. Allegheny, Maryland defeats Frankfurt, 57-42. Oak Glen, the Golden Bears, go to 14-4. They get a 64-59 win over East Liverpool, Ohio. The Red Riders of Weir, 76-45 winners over Buckeye Local. Tuck Valley falls short at Nicholas County tonight. The Grizzlies, 57-56 winners over the Panthers. Also on the boys' side, Sissonville, a big win against their rival from Polka, 74-44. Sissonville moves to 10 and 7. Williamstown, Coach Scott Sorrow's team goes to 15 and 5. They defeat St. Mary's, 62 to 56. Bridgeport falls tonight. University survives 61 to 59. They go to 16 and 1 on the campaign. Braxton County 82, Doddridge County 49. Buchanan Upshur a 62 to 61 winner over Preston. The Buccaneers go to 5 and 12 on the season. Capital falls tonight to GW. The Patriots get a 69-62 win over the Cougars. GW, as Ryan mentioned, a quiet 13-2 on the season. Logan and Chapmanville getting it on. Chapmanville, 52-45 winner over the Wildcats. Charleston Catholic takes on Scott. They fall. The Skyhawks, 67-64 winners. They go to 6-14 on the year. Fairmont Senior, tough battle against their crosstown rival from East Fairmont. But the Polar Bears stay perfect, 17-0, with a 50-43 win over East Fairmont. Philip Barber defeated Grafton tonight, 78-69. It was Mount View falling to Greater Beckley Christian, 66-59. Bluefield, the Beavers survive. This is a third quarter score, 58-55. We'll try to get a final on that one. Hedgesville also leads, uh, or was leading Spring Mills 29-28 at the end of the third. In a final, it was Huntington over Spring Valley, 73-69. Riverview over Independence, 50-47. It was George Washington, or the Washington Patriots outlasting the Jefferson Cougars, 56-52 in the Eastern Panhandle. John Marshall picks up a win tonight over St. Clairsville, Ohio, 62-45. It was Kaiser defeating Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 54-51. Oak Hill, the Red Devils, down Liberty Raleigh tonight, 84-58. It was Musselman falling to the Martinsburg Bulldogs, 55-50. Midland Trail defeated Richwood tonight, 73-55. Mingo Central picking up a win over the Wayne Pioneers, 67-47. Morgantown, the Mohegans over Wheeling Park, 55-38. Notre Dame picks up a win tonight over Trinity Warriors, 51-49. It was Ravenswood surviving a win, a close one over Parkersburg Catholic, 63-61. Parkersburg South on a 14-game winning streak defeats Ripley, 88-44. It was Point Pleasant, the Black Knights over Hannon, 55-54. Princeton over James Monroe, 76-44. 
Riverside, the Cougar, or the Warriors rather, fall to the South Charleston Black Eagles tonight, 91-73. Webster County defeats Roan County, 73-60. Wyoming East falls to Shady Springs, 73-57. It was Valley Fed over the Sherman Tide in a tight one, 50-48. Summers County, the Bobcats over Montcalm, 72-59. It was Tucker County over Moorefield, 56-44. Wahama defeats Federal Hocking, Ohio, 59-39. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, over Hurricane tonight, 73-64. And Lewis County defeats the Lincoln Cougars, 55-50. Girls High School basketball action tonight. Robert C. Bird defeats Liberty Harrison, 52-21. It was Pike View over James Monroe, 72-54. Philip Barber goes to 11-8 as the Colts. Pick up a road win at Petersburg, 59-43 the final. Moorefield tonight beats East Hardy, 41-36. There's a shocker. Two Hardy County schools playing on a Friday night. <laughs> like five times this week or this year. Boys or girls, always happens. We love it when that happens. So, Greater Beckley Christian defeats Mountain View, 51-48. We do know that Van beat Mountain View Christian from Virginia. We just don't know the score. But Bam won by 15. The Bulldogs are 14-5 on the year. Valley Fayette hands Meadow Bridge its second loss of the season as the Greyhounds go to 9-7 with a 61-59 home win. A shootout between two of the top scorers in class single A tonight. Uh, excuse me, one in single A, one in double A. Nicholas County, 40 points from Anna Hamilton, defeats Summers County, 73-68. Hannah Taylor had 35 in the loss for Summers County. So two players combined for 75 tonight in that one. St. Joe defeats Wyoming East in New Richmond, 55-53. Jazz Blankenship goes over the 1,000-point mark for her career in the loss for the Warriors. Richwood beats Fayetteville tonight, 64-52. Kaiser, 67. Hampshire, 50, the final there. North Marion is 20-1 as the Huskies beat Preston tonight, 87-47. First 20-win team in West Virginia. Also tonight, it was Lincoln over Notre Dame, 52-35. And finally, Woodrow Wilson defeats Independence, 90-31. That is a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night dot com scoreboard we'll go to craig dutton wrr in a moment right now let's go to roger kane head coach of the cameron dragons he joins us now here on basketball friday night in west virginia and coach kane i know it's been a long wait tonight we appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight but uh, we want to brag about your ball club a little bit right now your team is 19 and 1 on the season and uh, as we get set toward tournament time can't be uh, can't be too displeased with where your team stands right now. No, not at all. Um, really pleased with uh, our girls' effort, and uh, really definitely pleased with uh, where we are so far this season. Uh, game tomorrow night coming up against Bellsville, Ohio, in the OVAC. Also, uh, games next week or game next week with Magnolia. But let's back up. You won the Division One. Hometown Invitational uh, a little bit less than a week ago, and you did so in convincing fashion. Uh, how much does that tournament and the success your team had in not only winning it but doing so in a dominating fashion uh, help your team in a confidence standpoint as you 
get closer and closer to postseason play? Uh, we we hope it helps us a lot uh, with our confidence um, playing in that tournament. Uh, we believe is something that definitely prepares for postseason play. Um, speaking to other coaches, um, Coach Meeks, uh, St. Mary's has won it numerous times, and he's he's told me uh, quite a few times that 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 tournament has prepared him for. A, um, sectional regional and the state tournament more than any other tournament he's ever been a part of um so we're hoping that maybe uh we have some of that uh same success coach your only loss of the season was on the road in florida over the holidays are your girls do you feel like your team is peaking out at this point in the season uh hopefully we're not peaking yet we want to we want to be peaking uh maybe in uh charleston <laughs> but uh yeah, we're, we're playing well. Um, I, I definitely can't complain about our effort. We've definitely been playing well here recently. Um, we did have a little closer game here uh, this past week, uh, which was uh, we felt was pretty good for our ball club, though. Um, we kind of felt that we uh, actually needed one of those a uh, little bit closer games. Again, it kind of gets back on track a little bit. You know, a wise man once told me that they always say you learn more from a loss, but when you can learn from a close win, that's even better. Yes, yeah, much better. Yeah, we'll take that one. <laughs> um, and, and you know, for, at nineteen and one, I, I want to ask Coach just from a, from a statewide standpoint, as your team moves toward postseason play, who are some of the names that people should get familiar with? Um, we have uh, we're pretty well rounded. Uh, I have a group of seniors that have uh, played a lot of minutes together over the past few years. Um, but we have a, um, a couple that really um, have been there along the way and that we can, at times, we can really uh, lean on. Um, Kelsey Montel, um, our post, um, playing, have an exceptional season this year. Um, pretty much a double-double every night from her. And uh, Courtney Walker um, just worked 1,000 points about a week ago. And uh, we have a lot of leadership uh, from um, Autumn P. Gossett and um, – and from uh, Perry Gray on a defensive standpoint as well. So fortunate to have uh, four seniors really, uh, really leading the way and uh, helping us in, in that standpoint from leadership. Coach, uh, you know, season's winding down, and the sectional tournament's going to be uh, upon us before you know it. Uh, you know, your girls are, you know, only the only one loss, but. You said you wanted to peak in Charleston. How do you think your girls look as you, you know, get ready to go into postseason play? Uh, I mean, we're looking good um, right now. Um, but uh, I sometimes I kind of hate to even mention um, being in Charleston right now because our girls are so good at being focused on just what the next game is. So, like, right now we're really focused on uh, an OVAC championship tomorrow. Um, we have been all week. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always nice to have a team that has that focus. Um, they're, they've been really good at not looking ahead. Um, we, we've been playing uh, game by game, and uh, we know we have a tough section. We, we'll have a tough region to get through as well if we're fortunate to get through the section. Um, we made it to the regional final last year, and those girls have kind of um, held that, that chip on their shoulder of just falling short. So that's kind of been a lot of motivation for um, the push for this season. Coach Roger Kane of the Cameron Dragons, 19-1. Fantastic season to this point, and we certainly look forward to 
perhaps speaking with you again as, uh, as we get into postseason play in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much, guys. All right, and you heard Coach Kane. You heard Coach, yeah, absolutely. We'll talk with you soon. And you heard Coach Kane mention Courtney Walker going over 1,000 points earlier this week. And through the magic of radio, Courtney <laughs> Walker joins us now on Basketball <laughs> Friday Night in West Virginia. Courtney, congratulations on getting your 1,000th point. Thank you. So tell me about. It was a great. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. It was, a, it was a great honor having all of my team there to support me while. I made that accomplishment, and they they all surprised me with the sign, and it was very nice. And that's a, a the type of accomplishment that you you absolutely have to share with your teammates because uh, without them you don't get there. And it's a it's a fascinating uh, to see how almost everybody I've talked to that has hit one of those major scoring plateaus, which is a quote unquote individual stat, always thanks for teammates. Yeah, I, I couldn't say enough for my team. I've been very, very blessed to have a team like I have, and we've we've played together since we've been in third grade for the most of us, and we've gone all the way up through all together. So it's been very nice to spend all four years of high school with the same girls. What what I mean, you you were talking the reaction, but did, did you think about it during the game breaking that one thousand point mark? Well, I knew. I was only six points away. My coach had told me um, the game before that I was 24 points away, and I knew exactly how many I needed in that game. So, a little motivation there. Yeah. It was kind of nerve-wracking, but um, one of my teammates, uh, P. Gossett, she looked at me and said, how many do you need? And I told her three, and she said, well, get open. I'm, it's coming to you. So. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, always uh, good to have that that type of relationship with your teammates. And tomorrow you go to Ohio University, excuse me, to Ohio University Eastern uh, for the OVAC 1A championship game against Bellsville, Ohio. Um, Courtney, once again, congratulations on the 1,000 point mark. A great season for your ball club. Uh, a senior for the Cameron Lady Dragons. And uh, you know, as we wind down the regular season, look forward to following your team through postseason play as well. Thank you. All right, once again, Courtney Walker. A big thanks to her for joining us. And nice job, guys, in the back. How about that? Yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, that was a quick turn. All right. So, one. Right? Yeah, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will finally talk to Craig Dutton of WRRR in St. Mary's. We'll also talk with Jordan Mounts. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is on hold. We'll talk with all those guys <laughs> when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday nights in West Virginia. How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepared to thrive in an exciting, growing field? The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage makes sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, and charisma 
coupled with the Marshall University Sports Journalism Training, will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and the desire to be the eyes, ears, and life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We will teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. A shout-out to our newest followers this week, including Woody Williams, Aaron Randolph, Conda Pallant, Franny Lopez, Dakota, Scott Brown, Jeff Church, Yate, Jeff Palmer, Jason Wilkinson, Lance Bybee, Caitlin, Terry Wines, and Ricky Colucci. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 11-18, now 11-19 on the program. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. Now, before we go to Craig Dutton, we'll make him wait <laughs> a little bit longer. Um, Coach Marone, your ball club picked up a win on senior night last night at Rebel Arena over Tug Valley, a game that... Uh, your ball club has been in so many games where it just <laughs> seemed to struggle to finish. Last night, though, it finished that game, and that continued a trend that's been going on with your club a little bit here over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it was really nice uh, on senior night to be able to have five seniors that were honored uh, prior to the game and, uh, and after the game as well. But uh, they've battled all year long. We've been in a lot of close games, finally started closing games. I think we've won five of our last eight or nine games. And against some quality opponents, uh, come up a little short. Some of the, It's almost like a who's who. Played Van a little bit earlier uh, a week or two ago, was able to pull out a win there against a quality team. And then Cameron, we actually traveled to the Dragon's Lair, which is a beautiful facility in the hit tournament, took on that team and battled them into the fourth quarter. So nice to get a win, those girls to, to have their final regular season game there with a victory. I know you talked you, – your team was struggling earlier in the year, and you, you could just see the <laughs> frustration in your face. And you said, we just want to continue to get better. And obviously, that goal has been met. Yeah, I'm just very proud of them. And as Coach Kane said, you don't want to be peaking too early. And, boy, we, we really delayed our peaking. <laughs> uh, but I, I think things are coming together. We've got a nice rotation. We've got a good blend of uh, some older players and some younger players. And as Ryan said, uh, we've had some games right there within our grasp. And you got to learn how to finish. And starting to figure it out so i hope we don't run out of time but uh, we're excited getting ready for sectionals next week you worked really hard on that senior night cake too didn't you i tell you what uh, it was a, a large chore for me to stay up the night before to bake a big sheet cake with decorations joe you'd have been proud and right. i had a food city box laying in the kitchen oh, and i thought well you know i'll just use that to take it into the dinner just happened to have it <laughs> yeah. and, and ironically it, it, it the box that you just happened to have there had a sell-by date that was still good yeah yeah perfect size too I and, mean, and it, fit. it fit the cake yeah, exactly. <laughs> the right size box yeah. you know did you break out any fiesta wear uh, no. No. <laughs> All right. Well, you know who doesn't know much about Fiesta Wear is Craig Dutton, WRRR. He joins us now on the program. Craig, welcome back. 
I'm glad to be wearing my Fiesta wear tonight. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm wearing it right now. Ready All to right. Have a, not ready to have a Fiesta instead of a Fiesta, actually. And I was worried you guys were going to pull a Jimmy Kimmel on me and say, well, you know, my apologies to Matt Damon, but we're out of time. <laughs> let's go. That might be the uh, only time that no, you've been compared no, to Matt no, Damon. No. <laughs> go ahead, so. uh, well, well, that's true. I have to work really hard to get to his level first. Uh, and, but I don't know how much basketball he knows. Uh, that's one thing I've got in my favor probably right now. Now, I've had a busy week since, you know, being down there last Friday with you guys. And Monday night, we had a thriller uh, girls game. The, the Lady Devils uh, coming off their loss, I think, in the hometown tournament to Greenbrier West. They hosted Ritchie County, and that was an important game for Ritchie. They needed another win, I feel, to secure, you know, one of the top two spots in our section. And they just allowed St. Mary's to stay with them all night. And then finally, you know, St. Mary's caught a break. They had Laura Fetty, a freshman. She had eight points on the night. Uh, she had opportunity to take advantage of what situation she did. Down by two, she hits a three to take the lead with eight seconds left. On the next inbound, senior Cassie Tallman takes it the length of the court and lays it in at the buzzer to get the win last uh, Monday night, 46-45. to And that was a big game in our girls' sectional tonight. I got to see a thriller at home. Uh, St. Mary's boys team, who's been struggling most of the year, they're now 6-10. and They just stayed toe-to-toe with Williamstown all evening, managed to push the game into overtime, and I think... As our guys on Light Rock Ninth are said, they were just tired. Uh, it just wore out. They're using a six-man rotation most of the time. They'll put in a couple big guys out there every so often. And you have an eight-man rotation, more or less. But they, they, they play five to six guys for the most part, majority of the game. Williamstown, Coach Sara was able to maybe rotate at least eight to nine different guys. And that's a big difference. I know that Region 4 is going to be tough, but having games like that, you know, for St. Mary's, it's a big confidence builder because now I feel the way they've been playing lately, they might even be the two-seed in our section when they when all the coaches vote. So a busy week, a lot of games, some very good games. You love that this time of year. Yeah. And, and Craig, uh, you know, we have to joke around a little bit here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tied that Fiesta Wear story in about it's as good. well as I could. Yeah, Eric Rowe would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we went we went from Coach Marone baking a cake into just rolled right into. I mean, yeah. you know, for for those of you who aren't aware out there, Fiesta Wear is mm-hmm. you know utensils, dishes, dishes <laughs> things you eat with. But yeah, Craig but on the Dutton. Price is right. I should have known that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's an outlet in West Virginia, <laughs> exactly in Chester, I believe. But uh, but I mean, Craig, you you learned that the hard way, though, right? I did. It was an old football game. I was partnered up with Eric Little when I first started working for our group of stations up on 92.3. Uh, we had Tyler Consolidated at Oak Glen. That's when Oak Glen, before they had turf facility, they had to go to Chester and have play their games at the old grass field. And we went right by the plant. Our sideline reporter and Eric said, yeah, there's the old Fiesta Wear plant. And I, I just had a confused look on my face. I, I didn't even feel like, okay. We got into the game, and it was actually mentioned on our broadcast. And it said, home of Fiesta wear. And it said, like, well, you know, like, were they going to wear it at halftime? <laughs> I was thinking dresses. The entire time he said, well, and Eric looks right at me and says, where are they going to be wearing plates? And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, we were confused. Uh, I was confused, actually, the whole time. <laughs> 
But now you know. Now now you know. It's got the star flying right behind my head right now. The more you know and everything. So, you know, you're getting more of that kind of deal with myself. But, yeah, uh, it's been a fun season. You mentioned the close games. Uh, Our section has been a lot of rebuilding year. And, you know, me putting on uh, the old... You know, old hat of predictions or so here. I feel your top team in boys has been Tyler. You know, I, they've been improving much of the season. In our region one, it's Wheeling Central. I feel they're going to breeze through our region. And then after that, you got Cameron and Tyler consolidate. That's a big matchup tomorrow at 1 o'clock in, in uh, Middleburn. Uh, I feel that matchup will kind of give, give us some more of a litmus test on who has a better chance of making it to Charleston as we get into the sectional play. And regional play, I'm sorry. Should be a lot of fun, Craig. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us. And uh, we will. Oh, of course. We, we will have, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you know, come on. And we'll have you, obviously. On, you got bumped like four times, by the way. But um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't run out of time. And uh, next week, I think you're going to kind of force our hand a little bit, right? Uh, a little bit. We'll all be down there. I think Scott, myself at least. Uh, I think Eric Little's busy. I, I actually asked him earlier this week, so I was hoping he'd be able to come down. And maybe able to get Brandon Gregory, maybe a few others to come with us, maybe even Dave St. Peter. Uh, as far as I know, get to hang out. And all looking forward to it. Hey, and you know what happens when you come down here? You go to work. I'll get put to work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Craig WRRR in St. Mary's. Pleasure as always, buddy. Hey, thank you guys. Did I break Bo Anderson's record for longest bumps, though? No. No, no, not no, even close. No. No. <laughs> you don't want to break that one. No, no you're, you, you didn't even make it halfway. Uh, hey, thank you guys. You have a great night. All right, thanks you too. Again, that's Greg Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. We need a counter for that again. I'm telling you, I almost count. We you were at four earlier. So. Yeah, and I think I've got about four or five in there since. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, WRRR references. We had 15 last week. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll tell you what. We've got Jordan Mounts to go. We've got Bo Anderson to go. We'll have cause time. We've also gonna have our poll question a little bit later on. We'll have our basketballnight.com ratings. So we'll have to do all of that. So I want to take a break now so we can do all of that uh, and when we come back. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about who makes this show possible. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia is made possible in part by financial support from the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum, the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications, and WMUL-FM. Back with our final half hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for a high school basketball in the Mountain States. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Congratulations goes out tonight to Casey Hinchman, Spring Valley Timberwolves. Casey was selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week, and this week, it was Casey Hinchman, Spring Valley Timberwolves. Congratulations, Casey, and thank you so much for calling in and being part 
of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. A shout-out to our many new Twitter followers this week. We're going to give you the whole list, including Woody Williams, Aaron Randolph, Kendra Pallant, Franny Lopez, Dakota, Scott Brown, Jeff Church, Yate, Jeff Palmer, Jason Wilkinson, Lance C. Bivey, Caitlin, Terry Weinschitz, Ricky Colucci, Kaylee, Brady Newsom, M.G. Schultz, Brandon Hours, Evan, Bridget Billmeyer, Emma Caton, Hayden Branham, Klein, Melissa Saltis, Jessica Baker, Melissa Farmer, Mason Huck, D.L. Roberts, Derek Christian, Scott Ellery, Dayton Gandy, Mingo Central Cheer, Brenda, Good Sports Extravaganza, J.D. Kane, Sean Flynn, Matt Adobello, Joe Hartley, Mike Pakula, and D. Mendix. They're all part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.30 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Rick Marone is in studio. Also now with us is Marcus Constantino. As i got to say something real fast. Before... <laughs> Take, take take the graphic down for just a second, please. You tried to sneak a jersey in here. <laughs> you left it on the edge of the desk oh, there where we can we see can it. Plain as yeah. day. Okay, so, so the uh, effort was great. Uh, thank you. I, yeah, uh, wasn't thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> Needed to pull it around a little. Bit. <laughs> I went to the uh, girls' hometown invitational tournament on Saturday, and I know that uh, you said that you wanted to go up there watch Paul. Paul, of course, uh, they had the flu, couldn't make it. Um, the Fishers felt bad that you. Uh, you didn't get to see your team, so they wanted me to bring a little token with me. Oh, right. my. Nice. Paul oh Paul my. jersey. All right. Straight from Paul Paul, West Virginia. Uh, the Fishers donated this uh, for our set, and... Uh, yeah, Ronald sleep this is mine. <laughs> you you, you will, can't take it home. You though. will never see this again. <laughs> it's no, not going in the Ryan Epling man cave. This is fantastic. It, it, it will. Well, yeah. they, they, no, it will, but I, no, guys, that, that is fantastic. So the Fishers sent this. Down. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I, seriously, we greatly appreciate it. We love all the schools in West Virginia. We know that a lot of times the smaller community schools don't necessarily get their due, and we certainly try to do our best to treat them just like everyone else. So, Paul, Paul, you're on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia again. <laughs> all right, power ratings time. All right, it's time for the girlsbasketballnight.com power ratings. Got some shakeups in AAA. The Buckhannon Upshur Buccaneers hanging in at number one at 20 and one. But we have a new number two in the Parkersburg Lady Big Reds. They're 14 and four. Parkersburg South also moves up one uh, to number three. Uh, they're 15 and four. Morgantown jumps up four spots into the number four slot. The Mohegans are 16 and five. And the Greenbrier East Lady Spartans drop three spots into the number five slot at 16 and three. And the girls' double-A power ratings, North Marion is 20 and one, hanging in at number one. Wyoming East is 14 and three at number two. The Wayne Lady Pioneers are 19 and one, hanging in at number three. Fairmont Senior 
jumps up one spot uh, to number four. They're 16 and four. And Nicholas County Lady Grizzlies are 16 and four. They move up one into number five. Now in girls single A, the St. Joe Lady Irish are 12 and five at number one. Tucker County is 18 and one at number two. Parkersburg Catholic is 19 and 0 at number three. Willing Central Catholic is 17 and two at number four. And the Cameron Lady Dragons are 19 and one at number five. Now over in the boys basketballnight.com power ratings starting in AAA Parkersburg South is 16 and 1 hanging in at number 1 University is 15 and 1 at number 2 the Capital is 9 and 6 at number 3 Musselman is 14 and 5 at number 4 and the Martinsburg Bulldogs are 16 and 4 that's good for number 5 in AA Fairmont Senior Polar Bears are 17 and 0 hanging in at number 1 Chapmanville catching up at 15 and 1 the Tigers are number two. Westside Renegades move up one spot. They're 13 and three. That's good for number three. Oak Hill Red Devils fall one spot. They're 14 and one at number four. And the Bluefield Beavers are 12 and three, hanging in at number five. Now for the the boys single A basketballnight.com power ratings. Wheeling Central Catholic is 16 and two at number one. The Ravenswood Red Devils are 17 and one. They move up one to number two. Valley Fayette Greyhounds drop one spot. They're 14 and one at number three. Tug Valley Panthers are 12 and six at number four. And rounding out the top five, Notre Dame Fighting Irish are 13 and five at number five. And that's the basketballnight.com power ratings. You can get all the ratings for all hundred. 24 teams at basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus. Great job as always. And I've already got the Paul Paul jersey as best <laughs> as I could on display, although it's going to cause me problems when it comes to hitting the tabs on the computer. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, we'll be all right. Hey, thanks so much. And right now, let's go directly to the phones. Jordan Mounts, WFGH. Uh, he had a couple of Tug Valley games this week. And Jordan, it was a rough week for the Panthers, uh, a rare rough week for that ball club. Yeah, you know, I don't. I think rough week uh, doesn't even begin to sum up the week that we've had uh, at Tug Valley. Uh, two very tough games, uh, two good opponents, uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we weren't on the uh, the positive side of either one of those decisions. Hey, Jordan, uh, let's roll back the clock just a little bit. That the game at Mingo Central and Tug, or actually, it was at Tug Valley. Uh, I understand there was eight technicals called in that game uh it was a very tight i guess game and and it was just the competitiveness was all thrown out on the floor yeah you know uh actually the game wasn't mingo central there joe uh, but uh the uh as far as the number of technicals that were called uh the officials called that game very very strictly um honestly there wasn't too much uh, anything flagrantly disruptive on the floor you just had two good basketball teams competing, two in-county in rival basketball teams competing and trying to win a ball game out on the floor. And uh, uh, for the most part, uh, I don't want to say that they were unwarranted, but at the same time, uh, maybe a little quick on the trigger on the officials' part. But nonetheless, they were called. We're not here to complain about the officials that game anyway. Um, and uh, as far as uh, just as far as the, the the game against Mingo Central. Uh, Mingo Central walked away on top. Uh, it was a home game. They had, they did have the advantage there, and uh, 
Miners pulled it out in the end. You know, Land, like you said, you know, these guys know each other and uh, and know each other well. And it just, you know, I understand there was a little bit of taunting going on and so forth. And just, you know, sometimes, and these are kids and, and, and the competitiveness and sometimes just we, you know, got to keep our feelings in check, but sometimes they get a little outside the box. Yeah, you know, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, you know, it's high school basketball, and it's written in the SSAC code that it's sportsmanship above everything else. And uh, you don't want to see anybody taunting or anything like that. But there is a good rivalry between these two schools. But at the end of the day, you know, Tug Valley, Mingo Central, they're both Mingo County kids. And I'm sorry, you know, I'm a Tug Valley graduate. I, I, I am a Panther fan through and through. But I will say that any time Mingo Central plays, I will pull for the Miners as long as they are not playing Tug Valley. <laughs> you know, a quick turnaround tomorrow for the Panthers. A makeup game is they will travel to Huntington to take on St. Joe. And uh, that game takes on some added importance with uh, postseason seeding coming up. Yeah, you know, that's a sectional opponent for us, uh, St. Joe. Um, then, and and like, like you said, very quick turnaround. Had a very rough game here today as well. So uh, it, hopefully they can, uh, Chuck Valley can find it in themselves to bounce back and uh, uh, take the frustrations out of, uh, from this game out on uh, uh, the next game, so to speak. Jordan Mounts, WFGH, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. He was the Iron Man tonight, guys, over an hour on hold. And, uh, you know, we've had a busy show, as, as you can tell. It's been an important show to us, though. Uh, I mean, we had Woody Williams on the show, guys. <laughs> that just says it all. I mean, I, you know, that was just an amazing uh, interview, amazing for him to be a part of the show. And, uh uh, you don't get too many like that, so that was special. Also, want to mention real fast that uh, Marcus is. A, I want to say Marcus Constantino is, is one of the most on the ball people that that you will you will ever run across. One of the most intelligent people you will meet. Sometimes, though, I think his brain kind of overextends <laughs> a little bit, and it was not the Fishers who got us this Paul Paul jersey tonight that we now have in our studio that is currently in front of me on my computer it was jeff and holly palmer so jeff and holly palmer thank you so much fisher palmer (laughs) (laughs) and i actually should have caught him because uh the palmers and a little side note the hit tournament which i helped uh uh, mike de pascal who's been texting me you were videoed i sent him a copy of that video (laughs) of you receiving that Uh, and the palmers were there they brought the girls down they'd already planned to come to the finals there at south charleston already had rooms booked and those four players that were not sick that were able to come they came and they worked the whole day at the tournament the palmers did those girls did whether it was taking up tickets whether it was selling t-shirts they let them get out on the court and they shot around uh, in between a couple of the games and and we were there some of my uh, parents and staff were there helping with the tournament so it was very special and it was the palmers i should have caught that when he said fishers early i was like maybe there's somebody else there you know that i didn't know but uh, they wanted you to have that and uh, mike new pascal is a big follower of the show as well so uh, just a great great weekend last weekend I, I cannot say thank you enough. Like, really? I, haven't quit, I haven't quit smiling since that, that guy. He will here. wake up in the morning with that smile on his and face. And that shirt on. <laughs> Let's just say that we have not had a break since I got this, and it's already been tweeted. <laughs> already had a selfie with the with the Paul Paul jersey tweeted out. So, All right. You know, I've been working hard on that. You know, you know who doesn't want people to tweet, though, while they're in the middle of, you know, work, games, etc. And be our resident referee. Bo Anderson.
Johnson joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, welcome to the program. Hey, I want to tell you one thing, guys. Nobody on that show will ever beat my weight time. <laughs> Nobody. Bo held on for three hours and two minutes one night, and it's a three-hour show. <laughs> the Iron Man Award will not be named the Iron Man Award. It will be the Bo Anderson Iron, Iron Man Award. <laughs> That's correct. Hey, absolutely. And, and by the way, Rick, I would really like to try the piece of that cake. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you'd try anything that I cooked, Bo. <laughs> well, that's scary, too. You know, I know you might have poisoned my piece. <laughs> hey, Bo, we're short on time. We've got to let you go. No. no, I'm just kidding. Hey, have you ever had a game with eight technical fouls? Um, I had a game once. Uh, not too long ago, a couple years ago, where I had, uh, let's see, we had six technicals and six intentional fouls. So, yes, I've had games that were that way, and trust me, no official out there wants to be on the court when that's going on. I can promise you. You know, and we... Sorry, Bo, I'm going to do this, too. This is not (laughs) reference to you, but we sometimes see college officials that tend to want to make a, be a part of the show. Yeah, right. I don't see that in high school officials, and I know most of the high school officials that I know would be just like Bo told you. They don't want anything to do with that type of game. They would rather have a game where you didn't even notice they were there. Well, well that's true, uh, Ryan. And, you know, the thing about it is, I mean, sometimes uh, you just can't get the, the players to understand some things they're just not allowed to do. And if we allow them to do that, uh, the next thing we know, we've got, you know, a fight or we've got uh, people on the floor or something. And we and we can't have that, and we don't want that. And that's just not a part of basketball anyway. You know, um, I appreciate uh, coaches who, and I had this tonight on a couple players uh, in a game that I had where I went over and told the coaches, uh, you take care of them or I will. And both of them took care of it. The one took his out. The other one assured me that I would not hear another word out of him the rest of the night, even though it was player against player. They weren't talking to me. Uh, But I really appreciate uh, the coaches out there that take care of the players so, you know, we don't have to. Well, Bo, we'll, we'll, we'll make this an easy one for you tonight. And but we've only got we've only got time for one question, so I'll I'll keep this simple. We all know the jump ball rule on the held ball, but we oftentimes will see a play where the ball comes to a stop, be it in a dribble, uh, be it in a upward shooting motion, and uh, both players have a hand on the ball, and you see kind of a quick jump ball. So I'm not talking about the one where the, everybody's on the floor and it's the obvious jump ball. I'm talking about the the shorter whistle that is a jump ball. Uh, what constitutes a jump ball in that scenario? Okay, first thing, let's go with the scenario where the players are on the floor, not attempting a shot or not in the air. There has to be not one hand on one hand, not two hands on one hand, but two hands on two hands for there to be a held ball. Uh, you know, if one player just has one hand on it, the other has two and they're standing there struggling, we're going to struggle. I mean, unless it gets to unnecessary roughness where we have to go ahead and blow the whistle. 
it's two hands on two hands. Now, in the air, that can be one hand on two where the player tries to attempt the shot and gets forced back down to the ground by the block shot. Uh, that can be a help, or that would be a help ball with two hands on one. But a lot of people don't understand uh, it is two hands on two hands on loose ball situations uh, and situations where maybe a player pivots, puts the ball in front of them, and they reach out and grab it. That's got to be two hands on two hands. That sums it up right there. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, a pleasure as always, and look forward to talking with him again. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will have our final scoreboard. We will also have our poll question, and we'll talk with Rick Kozlowski, we hope. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on on Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks to all of our affiliates tonight. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night throughout the Mountain State. And on these stations, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVOW Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley. Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. You can watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia statewide on Suddenlink's Network West Virginia and on RSN Sports Facebook Live. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 11:48 on the program we're running short on time so let's jump right to our poll question ethan byers is here ethan so, i didn't have to ask this time okay good <laughs> oh no no you're fine uh so this week's poll question was should there be a curfew on start times for games on school nights uh the results of that is 54 percent said yes and 46 percent said no 
This week's question, do you like the format of seeding teams in sectionals? Go to basketballnight.com and cast your vote. You have until next Friday at 11.45 p.m. And Joe, seeding is very important because some sectionals, home teams are decided by that by that sectional seeding. Absolutely. And, you know, many coaches will tell you every game, you know, within your section – is vital throughout the season as the coaches start voting with their poll, you know, with their uh, tallies and so forth, putting in the rankings. And we'll let Coach Marone now explain the voting process. Well, I'll be very brief, not to overcomplicate things, but basically, uh, all the teams in a region, for instance, uh, like Region Four, which we participate in, there's 13 teams. All of those teams would receive a ballot uh, via email sent to the school. It lists all 13 teams within that region. Of course, there's two sections there. Uh, The coaches are to rank all the teams other than their own from 1 to 12. In our case, there's 13. That number could vary, but you're going to have one less than, you know, including yourself. You rank them 1 to 12. Those are sent in to the sectional the, the sectional coordinators, they're totaled up. But before they're totaled up, a lot of people are not aware of this. They throw out the highest and lowest seating. That's supposed to help to keep from any distortion of the rankings. And you, you return those by Tuesday at noon, and those are totaled up. Obviously, the lower your score, the better. The team that, let's say, everyone gave the top seed to the one in our particular region with 13 teams, there will be 12 teams voting on you, a 12 would be the lowest, but they throw out the high and low, that would be a 10. So the lower the score, the better. That region is ranked 1 to 13, okay? Then it is separated by sections. So there may be one section that's very strong, and the top teams in that region might all be from one section, uh, but the other section may have a team that was fifth in the region who could be one in the section. Once that's separated out, you have your rankings. And as you mentioned, most of them, like ours, the higher seed gets to host those games. So that subjectivity, there's some there. You hope people do their homework and try and do the right thing. They really encourage you to do the thing with the most integrity and professionalism. So, How, how would a tie be broken? Uh, a tie in the scores normally would not come into play, but if they have a tie, they have a process that goes through. They go through things like head-to-head. They go common opponents, record against teams in your class or higher uh, to separate the teams after there's a tie. Now, the boys on the, you know in the section where I'm from, the Logan, Chapville, Mingo Central, are playing all on a neutral floor. Well, that's what we did for years in AA. Uh, I'm a proponent of that, but I tell you, a lot of them, like in ours, there's so many schools so spread out to find a neutral site that's available for that many days is hard to do. Yeah, so again, you can go to basketballnight.com to vote in that. Also, want to mention you can go to basketballnight.com to nominate a standout athlete of the week. Um, once you nominate them, they stay in the pool, so uh, they are still there. Uh, you don't have to nominate them each and every week. Uh, we don't have time to do a full scoreboard and cause time both. So I want to tell you, go to hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Follow us at hoops underscore roundup. Or go to basketballnight.com. All the scores from across the state that we've been able to find so far are in. They'll continue to work on these long after the show. One one score we've tried all night, and we finally got it. Van defeated uh, Mountain View Christian 53-38. So we finally got that score. And that was a girls game, and the uh, Bulldogs got the win to go to 14-5 and on the season. So with that, it's time to go to Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. <laughs> the Friday 
right before Valentine's. <laughs> All you need is love. Hey, Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Carlos. Okay. Last week, there was a discussion off air that I had survived this long, and uh, we get to Valentine's Day time, and then and, and I know they put you up to it, Rick, and... No, no, they didn't. <laughs> well, I was giving you an out there, but okay, but no... Uh, Rick, well, I see you have the, I see you have the red pawpaw shirt. You know, just in time for Valentine's Day. Am I correct? You are absolutely correct. I'm so happy to have this pawpaw jersey. You have no idea. It totally changed his mood when it was presented to him a little bit ago. So he was dancing through the, uh, the studio. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know it. All right, uh, Rick, basketball. Eastern Panhandle tonight, Martinsburg gets a nice victory. Um, we know that um, there have been a, you know, it seems like Martinsburg and Musselman now have kind of separated from Hedgesville a little bit. Maybe that's not fair to say because I think Hedgesville could beat them in a one-game scenario. I feel like we have this conversation every week, but I think it holds true. No, I think absolutely they're Martinsburg. And Musselman are the two class teams uh, of the uh, of, of the area, and, and man, what a what a game tonight was! Just great, great defense. And then finally, not not that there wasn't some offense involved, but a couple of defensive plays led to a couple of alley oop slam dunks for Corey Barnett from Martinsburg. In other words, uh, victory was right up Martinsburg's alley. Nice win tonight for the. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, I I hope somebody has the first alley oop dunk on video somewhere because, oh my, was it pretty. Uh, it was a steal. Bar, uh, Barnett started to tip the ball away. Uh, got it to Grant Harmon, who's dribbling down the floor uh, on the left side. He's going in, about to take a layup. He draws the defense over, and he flips it up in the air. And, oh, my, in one fell swoop, Corey Barnett puts the ball down. It was uh, absolutely a highlight reel dunk, and... Just like, you know, you don't talk about some athleticism. And that put uh, Martinsburg ahead by a point. Really changed the momentum. I mean, certainly that that's the kind of play gets uh, the emotions of the team, the fans. And, and you know, Musman was chasing after that, and Martinsburg just turned up the defense, got five steals in the last three minutes to kind of clinch that one. Rick, we'll uh, put the poll question to you. You get the kind of first shot at it here. Um, do you like the way the seeding process is done for the postseason in West Virginia? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I think it needs to go off of results as opposed to, and I think we've discussed this maybe last week or was it two weeks ago, we talked about you know, perception being what it is. Some teams get uh, voted higher because of who they have been in the past or who people think they are. Uh, you know, I think, you know, really, if we're going to play the games, 
we should uh, you know make the games like actually count and there are i guess uh, there are some sections around where they go by even though they're still voting the coaches are bound to vote based on on the results uh, between the, the teams i you know this the, the whole voting thing and i've seen in the past when it first started off there was some uh, voting that was skewed a little bit to try to give teams better positions for the tournaments and it certainly worked out uh, in in their in their way i i know one coach had a team that was 0 and 21 seeded like third in the, in in a 10 team section or a 10 team region just to kind of uh weigh it uh in, in his favor, and it worked out that way. You know, there's there's some you know some shenanigans that can go on, and and I think uh, you know in some cases still do go on. And uh, again, we, we don't have time to really try to talk about solutions for it, and uh, we're we're running tight again here, Rick. We're in the final minute of the program, but um, uh, this is a, a situation that you would be familiar with. Berkeley Springs is in the same region as Oak Glen and Weir. It's very difficult to gauge those and vote and have a say on who they play in the postseason. Absolutely. it's uh, But that is one of the sections, at least Berkeley Springs, the four-team section that includes Frankfurt, Kaiser, and Petersburg, that they, they go strictly on their the results. Now, how the other part of the region will vote, I am not really sure. But yeah, they're four hours away, and they don't really play each other, so it's you know makes it a little difficult to even you know just guess on you know the quality or lack thereof of whomever. Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal, always a pleasure. We've got to go, though. That'll do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you to World War II hero Woody Williams, who joined us on the program tonight. Thank you to everyone who made it possible, and thank you for the Paul Paul jersey. This has been a night to remember. <laughs> Thanks for everyone for watching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Back next week. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.